Hello and welcome to 60 Minutes with... I was going to say the same coin then. That's That wouldn't be right, <laughs> would it? <laughs> uh, <this is> ep- <laughs> uh, good start. Episode 55 of 60 Minutes with... Um, normally Dave does these little bits of intro and stuff, but he's given us free reign tonight, hasn't he? Pretty much. Pretty much. Um, yeah, so I'm Chris and uh, joining me is the lovely <clears throat> Tina. Lovely Tina. Thank the you. Lo- the lovely Tina. Um, now... We, we the last uh, spotlight movie show we did was Event Horizon, and that was a little while ago now. Um, then we did the Hellraiser shows before that, and basically we decided we wanted to do more of them. And um, it's not really a democratic thing, I guess. We just did a list of films that we all kind of like thought that we would like to talk about at some point, and then uh, Brokeback Mountain came up, and I think this was your choice, wasn't it, Tina? Yeah, it was. Uh, I I just thought that maybe there could be a series of films to do with, you know, sort of. Uh, is it L L G B T? That's the, that sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I apologise <laughs> if it's wrong. It's something like L. I should should have written it down really. Uh, just for, again going uh, uh, to talk about films that I've never really read about the you know just like uh, lay people like us film mm. fans talking about um and i thought it would be interesting to pick some sort of it's a, it sounds wrong really i don't i don't you just want to watch sp- men shagging really yeah, yeah basically that, that yeah i wanted to watch bumming and licking <laughs> licking there's no well, yeah. licking there, well part two there should be a profound amount of licking hopefully part two part two because we do oh. bro- yeah we can't we've got to do the boys we've got to do the girls next don't we i'm looking oh. forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh. Bit, of, bit of girl on girl action yeah, sorry. Pretty bastard. That was quite good, actually. I wish I could do that. <laughs> what do you do? Shake your tongue? Yeah, you know. Oh, you have to show pro- me when I see you. <laughs> I've had a bit of practice oh, over the years. Dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, um, we're, we're going to be talking about Brackback Mountain, and I'm glad that we have decided to do, to do it. Uh, I was a bit daunted by it at first, because obviously the theme of it not because i was concerned about you know what we were going to be talking about but i don't know it's because it's it's won so many awards and mm. you know very critically acclaimed um i don't know we, we've said haven't we that we didn't want to sort of like just focus on films that you know like say back to the future what the fucking hell are you mm. going to say about back to the future that hasn't been exactly. said already this so i mean one film that we both love is the godfather and I know that we could do a really good show on the three Godfather films, but so many people and have covered it, and Star Wars, and it's just really nice to to pick something different for a change. And also, you know, that you're quite hesitant about talking about a film like Brokeback Mountain, as am I, only because there's that that feeling that you could offend people yeah but then uh, it, it wasn't so much that because mm. i mean i offend people all the fucking time i'm not yeah. worried about that and i'm yeah. not 
homophobic. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I use words that could be classed as being homophobic, mm. you know. Um, and it's just, you know, it, you're going to offend somebody all the time. I remember yeah. I, I did the Game Burst quiz about four years ago, and it was my first year doing podcasting, right, and they asked me to host the quiz. Um, mm. So, And I did it, and I wrote a script and everything, and I wanted to do it a bit like Have I Got News For You, yeah. sort of like that kind of, you know, having yeah. a little kind of, I don't know, like quite quite quick quips and barbed humour to mm. it kind of thing that, you you know, didn't dwell on it and I wasn't gratuitous with it. But I think I made a comment that um, that something about something about ladyboys and mm. um, and somebody fucking complained about that to really? them, said they didn't like it, uh, which, you know, I wasn't going around saying, oh, like trannies or anything like that. Mm. I just I said something like ladyboys in a Bangkok bar or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, know, but, you know, you just think, oh, fucking, I'll get well, a Well, the bottom from... line with me is I've got a couple of gay friends. I've, I haven't we all got a couple of gay friends? And they are the most filthiest, self-effacing wankers. I love them to death, but they just take the piss out of each other. Mm. You know, all the time. So, but, and suddenly it becomes wrong if we do it. So, yeah, uh, and, and, which which brings me on to the missing part of the podcast. Well, yes, I, I was going to say, um, but I just remind me to later on tell yeah. you my, my gay story. Okay, you can tell I... it me now if you like. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that in a bit. It's, okay. um, but no, no, yes, people will notice he hasn't chimed in at this point, and mm. he's joined us for the other the shows. Yeah. But when we were talking about this um, with Ramrod, uh, he was concerned that it would just turn into a a two-hour two show of us just kind of ripping the piss out of the film, yeah. which I didn't think it would anyway, to be honest no. with you. I mean, um, but I, I mean, my history with the film is that I think I've told people before that I started watching it, knew it was a big award winner, uh, bought it on Blu-ray, uh, sat down and started watching it with Kay. Uh, that's my wife. I uh, don't know if we were married at the time. I think we probably were. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we would have been. And um, about an hour and a bit into the film, I don't know why the conversation came up, you know, well, what if our kids, uh, if and when we had kids at that, because we hadn't got any then at the time, mm. but what if them, you know, was gay? Yeah. And, and I've said before, oh, I wouldn't give a shit, you know, they can mm. do do what they want as long yeah. as they're happy yeah, yeah. and they don't hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, but because my wife's very traditional and she's mm. not homophobic, homophobic but no. she's just traditional. Mm. And so she's happy for gay people to be gay. But one of her own children, that's a, that would have been, no, no. Oh. It's like, so she's like, well, they won't be gay. And I'm like, mm. well, how can you say that? You know, mm. uh, you know, and what if they are? So what? And she said, no, but they, they won't be, you know, because everything's got to be perfect. They've got, there's got to be a man and a woman and little kiddies <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. That's just the way her mind works. And I can't yeah. criticize for that. It winds yeah. me up. Don't get me wrong. Mm. It's like she's very old fashioned when it comes to men have got man jobs mm. and women have got women jobs. Like. Right. She wouldn't accept if she got on a plane there was a woman pilot because that's a man's that's a man's job. Oh, and which is a bit regressive of yeah, her. Say, yeah, yeah. But, but still, that's just the way she is. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I started to get pissed off with her, and I ended up walking off in a huff because I thought, well, I ain't gonna fucking sit with somebody who thinks like that. Mm. And um, and so I just I, I didn't watch the rest of the film, and oh. uh, up until recently, mm. obviously talked, you know. Do, knew we were going to be doing this mm. um i hadn't watched the film so it was good for me now i've watched it twice once mm. to sit through it and watch it and the second time to actually stop it and uh, you know mm. not analyze it because that sounds really fucking boring mm. but you know actually sort of watch it and scene by scene stop it start it mm. and 
I put what I think about it, you think know. So. Yeah. Uh, well, but yeah, I, Ramrod, he's not here, so he's he's not here, and he gave us two. Um, because, just in case anybody's wondering why he's not here, he gave us two reasons. The first reason was he said that um, nobody would want to listen to a podcast about Brookback Mountain; it would be boring. Mm-hmm. Which I disagree with. I think anything but, really. I mean, yeah. there's a lot to talk about. Even if we kind of skirt over a lot of the stuff at the beginning, because for the first half an hour, it is just kind of like them getting to know each other, lots of beautiful scenery, mm. and, you know, them herding sheep and whatever. Mm. And then they have sex. And then mm. there's all the other stuff. There's loads of fucking scenes yeah. that. Even if we talked about them for a, an hour, we, we probably wouldn't come to a conclusion about what that really happened. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot there's yeah. a lot to talk about, but anyway. a lot to talk about. And and it, it's also a really, really good film. If it had been uh, you know, set between two women, obviously there wouldn't be cowboys because it's nineteen sixty three, or even a man and a woman, it's a beautiful and tragic love story. But uh the other reason that he gave and I have to and I w- I've actually said this to him to Ramrod, that I, that he did offend me a little bit, I have to admit, because he, he said, it'll just be a sausage fest. And I said, well, uh, what do you mean? And he said, all you'll talk about is bumming. And I thought, well, you know, we both like a joke, don't we, Chris? Oh, as, gotcha. does, as does Ramrod, we've all got senses of humour, but I think that just... Just sort of grounding it down to us going, yeah, and then they were in the tent and then they had a bum and then us sort of taking the piss out of it for an hour. I think that we like films a lot more than talking about bumming. I think we're a bit better than that, aren't we? I think we, are, I think we have bigger brains than that. Although it did make me laugh because I was looking on Wikipedia about the film and there's, mm. lo- there's like a whole section about all the controversy surrounding it, yeah. which reading them is utterly ridiculous, to be mm. honest, but still. But it did make me laugh that apparently um, the con- what well, something this US conservative media, conservative radio figure, Rush Limbaugh, <laughs> referred to the film as bareback mountain. <laughs> I've heard that one before. And, and then uh, Humpback Mountain, yeah. which, which are a bit shit, to be honest. But yeah. Don Imus, who I have heard of, but I've, mm. I don't know where from, but he's apparently he's a radio presenter or whatever, uh, referred to the film as Fudgepack Mountain. Fudgepack <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I actually quite like that. I thought, oh, I did, my God. I did think of typing in... Um, Brokeback Mountain porn parodies just to see what kind of names. Oh, you know, I never thought of that. But I didn't want to do it on my computer because I just thought if Kay looks at what I've yeah, been, she'll think ser- that you're gay. Searching for it's yeah. bad enough with when I was doing some of the Amazon reviews for, for the same coin when I was looking at things like <laughs> book plugs and, <laughs> and and vibrators. Because you know? if she oh. ever looks at the searching history, it's like what the fucking hell is it? She went, Where are they? Have you hidden them in the garage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, well, I'm sorry that that Ramrod didn't join us tonight because he is one of the biggest film fans that I know. Even though he's my brother, I think he's got very valid opinions on films. He loves film, and I'm really pissed off and annoyed that he wouldn't come on with us because he's so good, and he would have made it. Even better if he'd have talked about it with us. Hmm. 
it would have been nice to have an, another you know person's yeah, opinion like you said he's he's been, to him. i thought you know i know a fair bit about film or i've watched enough films mm. but then I met him and it's like fucking hell you ain't watched anything yeah. son yeah. so but um anyway we, we can move on it's it's going to be great with the two of us so yeah. um but yeah broke back mountain um it came out in 2005 um so what? in 2005, I yes. had my first date with Dave. Did you? That's what we did. Well, you went to watch Brokeback Mountain. We saw Brokeback Mountain on our first date. Oh wow! Yeah, so this, this film that? has got really special memories for you, yeah, Glenn. Yeah. Holy Absolutely. shit! Yeah, I know. It's kind of, it's it's not really a date movie, is it? Brokeback Mountain. But I really wanted to see it, and that's what we did. We went to see Brokeback Mountain on our first date. Did he spit on his hand? Sorry, I shouldn't have asked you that. Uh, he didn't. No, he was a he was a gentleman. He turned up at the door with a box of chocolates and a bunch of flowers for me. Did and he? he? And he used to have a shaky lip. He used to like be so nervous. His, his lip would shake. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Oh, bless him. Yeah. Soppy twat. Oh, he's lovely. <laughs> Soppy sod, yeah. He is lovely. Yeah. Oh, so, um, so yeah. This, oh, blimey, that this film is even means even more to you then. Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And so, what did you think of the film when you saw it? Uh, what at the time, both of you? Oh, I was completely knocked out by it. Yeah. Absolutely, thought it was amazing. I really did. I absolutely loved it. And this was before Heath Ledger became. You know, because he, he became like a really big star, didn't he, after Batman? And then yeah. unfortunately he died, didn't he, too young. Um, you know, and Jake Gyllenhaal had been in stuff like Donnie Darko as well. So he was sort of more familiar, really, than Heath Ledger. But a total amazing film. Ang Lee as well, brilliant. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, aren't that, I? No, that's all right. I was going to say, directed by Ang Lee, um, very well-respected director um and the film was extremely successful in terms of awards it, it uh, was nominated for numerous oscar uh, nominations and it actually won um best director uh, best writing adapted screenplay and uh, best achievement in music written yeah. for motion pictures uh, it was nominated for the best film of the year best performance by heath ledger now mm. when I, I looked at this and knew that it had been nominated. I thought, well, what the fucking hell won? Because I mean, Jesus, yeah. his, his performance is amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was um, Philip Seymour Hoffman for True for Capote. Capote. Yeah. I Which love I... I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's another amazing actor who's been taken from us too soon. Just an incredible actor. But even though he's great in Capote. Uh, and I think that uh, alongside it, there was another film as well about Truman Compote that Toby Jones played the main That's right. part in. Yeah. And um, I think that Toby Jones gave the better Truman Capote performance than Philip Seymour Hoffman. But when you know the other films that, that were in that list, it's amazing that Heath Ledger didn't win. I, I just, I mean, you got Terence Howard who for Hustle and Flow. Mm. Um the Joaquin Phoenix for Walk the Line, mm-hmm. um, David Stratham for Good Night and Good Luck. I love David Stratham. I think yeah, he's a great he's actor. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Um, but yeah, I mean, it it is a bit mind blowing. I have to. I must admit, I haven't seen Capote, but I'd um, but I'd heard about the Toby Jones version mm. being 
well, say, I don't want to call it better, but, you know, more critically yeah. acclaimed, yeah. but it just yeah. wasn't as popular because it hadn't got Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. Let's mm. face it, he was a more popular actor than oh, yeah, yeah. Toby yeah. Jones, um, which is no slight on Toby Jones because he's a great actor as yeah, well. Yeah, he is, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, just mind-blowing. And also... Um, uh, for Best Supporting Actress, Michelle Williams was nominated and the Rachel Weisz won for The Constant Gardener, which, again, I oh, haven't right. seen. Um, it's a good film, The Constant Gardener, and I do like Rachel Weisz. It's, uh, she's a, well, she's married to Daniel, Daniel Craig, Craig, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah. It's a good film, but, again, you know, when you look at the two performances in it, she's hardly in The Constant Gardener uh, at all, and Michelle Williams should have won. I, I think well, you will get into her performance, but um, and Jade Gyllenhaal was um, nominated as well for best actor, yeah, um, and also was nominated for best achievement in cinematography, which mm. you, can, you can see that. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it is kind of mind blowing now having watched the film a couple of times because like Heath Ledger's performance really gets to me. I mean, he's just there's moments in the film which uh, you know you I, you know kind of breaking your heart mm. watching him. Um, but yeah, I mean, you wanted to talk a little bit about Ang Lee and um, some of the actors. I mean, like, mm. it, watching it, it now as well, I think it makes you appreciate it, Heath Ledger even more than yeah. you did because oh, yeah. it certainly did me. And watching his performances, um, sorry, performance in this, you, you know, it's you kind of. I, I loved him in The Dark Knight. I thought he was fucking awesome. Mm. I mean, I'm yet to see Suicide Squad, but for me, he's he's just. It's going to take something to top his performance yeah. as a Joker. Yeah. But um, you know, he's old also, school method, though, isn't he, Heath Ledger? Yeah. Um, from what I read, uh, um, when it it had been out for ten years, they all redid interviews to promote the Blu-ray and you can look online I think it was an interview in Out magazine that you can read online Jake Gyllenhaal says that he did a lot of um, improvisation that he would sort of riff on the lines that he did yeah. and Heath Ledger would just lose his shit and say mm. for fuck's sake Jake do it like it is I can't I've because he's so pent up and restrained just say the lines it's almost like he's Marlon Brando in it and and Robert De Niro in it and living the parts. Yeah, he definitely it? in uh, same wanky, but he definitely inhabits yeah. the skin of Ennis. You know, yeah. he's he's yeah. you know he he's just absolutely wonderful. Mm. But also, and on a lighter note, I love him in Ten Things I Hate About You. Have you seen that one? I have. Yeah, it's um, the Taming seen, of the Shrew, isn't it? That's right. I haven't seen yeah. it for a long time, yeah. but I think yeah. he's great in that. Yeah. Really playful and funny. Yeah. Um, but he, from what I've watched, he had a lot of background riding horses and mm. living on farms. So this kind of a lot of this stuff came you know, uh, a second nature to him. Whereas with Jake Gyllenhaal, he had to learn it a bit better, mm. which, again, he said himself kind of, he thought, helps helped his character because uh, he's, he's almost like he's trying too hard. You mm. know, J Jack Twist, he's, it's almost like, you know, with the rodeo and everything else, he's a bit of a show-off and he's not, you know, he's, he's a bit more extrovert than mm. yeah. than Heath Ledger, yeah. you know. Um yeah. Uh, so, Heath Ledger's but... been in some in some really good films, even though he didn't make that many. Have you seen? Um, have you ever seen Ned Kelly? That's a film that nobody's really seen, and it was it wasn't it was critically bashed when it came out. But um, I can't no, remember I who wrote the book of it. 
was it Peter Carey, I think, wrote the book of, of the film? Uh, and Robert I... Drew and um, John Michael McDonough did the screenplay, apparently. Yeah. The, well, I've, I remember buying the book of it because I, you know, I like, really like history. But the film, I think it's well worth a watch. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apparently, he got the role through uh, f- for Brokeback. Uh, people, they, the producers watched Monsters Ball. Oh, he's yeah. in that. It's um, amazing in that as well. It's a hard watch that film. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I like to know. I love him in The Knight's Tale. I yeah, think it's he's, great, he's isn't really it? good in that. He's really funny. That's one of my son's childhood films. That yeah. is, he really loved that film when he was a little lad. Because that was really funny. Because they did loads of riffs on like popular music didn't yeah. they well, it was a medieval theme there was yeah. like dancing to David Bowie and stuff in it yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that yeah. was cool yeah. um, and then yeah. there's a patriot as well so he's made a film with Mad Mel he did yeah <laughs> and I've actually got the patriot and I've and I know I've seen it a couple of times but it was so long ago I can't remember it yeah. I love Mel Gibson though oh me too have you seen the trailer for his new film <gasps> yeah he looks fucking badass in that doesn't oh, he he's, I love it I, because people um really are against him after all the sugar tits and the Jew hating stuff. And I don't know, I it's wrong what he did. It's really wrong. But I just can't help but love Mel Gibson. Mm. I think he's a real star. He's a great actor. Yeah, he is. Great he is. director. Yeah, yeah. Great director. Apocalypto's great yeah. and The Passion yeah. of the Christ, oh, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, and then Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean they're the two main stars. You've got Randy Quaid, um, who's in it as well, Michelle Williams, um, Anne Hathaway. Mm. Uh and your busy mate who we'll talk about, David Harbour. <laughs> My busy mate, David Harbour, yeah. Well, uh, I think we'll we'll talk about David Harbour right before we finish definitely because david harbour gave me a little snippet of information Uh, actually david harbour for all you uh, netflix people out there who love stranger things david harbour is the sheriff in stranger things and i asked him a question on twitter last week and he answered me and even though it was only a couple of sentences actually made brokeback mountain a different film for me Nice. Just okay. that one answer, but yeah. Um, David Arb is one of those people that you'll see pop up in loads of films and yeah. you think, I know him, I know yeah. him. And he's he's a, become a really good supporting actor, you know, he's yeah. Uh, yeah. he's one of those actors. Uh, Linda Cardellini, uh, Anna Faris and Kate Mara, which um, yeah, Kate Mara. looks yeah. quite young in that role. Very young, because she popped up and I'd completely forgotten she was in it. And I thought, last time I saw her, <laughs> the president of America was going down on her. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, is this House of Cards? Is Have it? you not seen House of uh, Cards? Get on it! I need to watch that. It's you know. amazing. Yeah, <gasps> Frank but, Underwood. Uh, Jay Gyllenhaal's building his career. I mean, very nicely. He's, yeah. um, you know, he's done the blockbusters, but he's also yeah. done a lot of. Uh, more personal films and I haven't seen it but people have told me that Nightcrawler's really good Nightcrawler's incredible and his performance in it is chilling is it? he's Um, lost lost a lot of weight to be in it it's the sort of film where you watch it and you think I'm not going to buy this on DVD because I'll probably never watch it again but it's one of those films you could become slightly obsessed with okay yeah Mm -hmm. it's very good 
It's weird. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal now, I didn't know him until he obviously became an act, a big actor. Mm. But I first saw him when he was a little kid in <laughs> 1994 in a TV show I used to watch called Homicide Life on the Street. Oh, yeah. And he played the son of Robin Williams, if I remember rightly. Oh. Uh, and Robin Williams was in that episode and his wife had been killed. And it was all about, you know, trying to find the, the, the killer and whatever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, and he was a little kid in that. And it's amazing to think, you know, obviously, mm. a load of the films he's Wasn't been. Wasn't he uh, in City Slickers as well? I seem to remember. Yeah, him. he was. Was it? Yeah, yes. Because he's got those googie eyes, hasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, mm. But yeah, and Angley. I mean, you wanted to talk about him. Angley is, is one of those directors that everybody, if they, if you think of Angley, you instantly think of um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Now I know I've seen that film. I can't remember a thing about it though. Mm. I honestly can't remember a thing about it. But Angley, I being a woman, women are, are supposed to like certain films, aren't they? And I've talked about this before. Like we're supposed to like uh, Grease and rom-coms and uh, Ghost and all that sort of shit. And sort of almost on purpose, I, I think I'm not going to like that. And of course I do really, you know. I, do I like love Grease. Do you like Grease and all yeah. that, you know, um, all that shit. But but there's one film that he directed, I can't remember what year it is, but um, it was written by and stars Emma Thompson and... Um, Oh, what's his name? The English bloke who does the really Hugh Grant's in it as well. Sense and Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility. There's one bit in that film where uh, Emma Thompson finally finds out that the man that she loves, who is Hugh Grant, um, isn't married to, or is going to marry someone else, and that it's her that she loves, and she sort of makes this oh noise, makes me cry every time I see it. Really? And I thank Ang Lee for making me cry. <laughs> it's not the first time he's made you cry, is it? Oh, no. No. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, just talk a bit of an um, aside, Emma Thompson, that scene mm. in... It's a fucking... Well, if you think about it, it's a bit of a shit film. But um, what's the film where it's a really ensemble cast? It's got Keira Knightley in it and Emma Thompson and all sorts of people. Oh, Oh, for fuck's sake. Is it a history film? Or no, it's stuff? recent. Uh, it's a, like a really slushy rom-com and it's got Hugh Grant and he's the Prime Minister and he does... Oh, he yeah, d- I know. One of the Richard Curtis films. Oh, arse. The one where he, it's Christmas. That's it. Oh. oh, I can't think what it's called. Fucking hell. Is it Love, Love, <laughs> Love Actually? Actually? That's, That's it. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's the scene where uh, she finds out that her husband who... Alan Rickman. Uh, Alan Rickman, he's had, had been having an affair and she kind of like breaks down listening to... I'd have to... an affair with Alan Rickman. Well, God, yeah. Yeah, well, totally. Not, not now you wouldn't. Well, <laughs> that's bad, isn't it? Yeah, okay, when he was alive, I would have had sex with him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might have I sex that. with him when he's dead, actually. <laughs> I love Alan Rickman, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally brilliant. Actually, um, going on aside again... I don't think Richard Curtis is that bad. He he writes films for middle-class people where their middle-class lives are perfect. And we all live, you know, it's like Americans all think that we eat cucumber sandwiches and live in Downton Abbey. That's the sort of shit that Richard Curtis does, but he does it bloody well, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And as as I said, it's a bit of a shitty film. I I went Mm. to the cinema to watch it with a a girl. And, uh, yeah, it was... um, Did you fuck her afterwards? 
Uh, I don't know if I did afterwards, but I did shortly During. afterwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Alan Rickman, darling. Keep looking at the screen. Oh, get, get your knickers off. Yeah. Get your yeah, head down. Get your head done, down there. Oh, my God. Ang Lee's <laughs> done some great films. So it's like Sense and Sensibility. He did a film called The Ice Storm that, mm. again, not a lot of people have seen. Cracking Sigour- film. Sigourney Weaver. That's and, it. Yeah. yeah. Cracking film. Um, Ride of the Devil. Brilliant cowboy film. Civil War film. Whatever happened to Skeet Ulrich? I Is know. that how you say his name? Yeah. Skeet he was Ulrich. the next big thing, wasn't he? Yeah. He was like dead good looking. Good actor. He's disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like the bad guy in Scream, wasn't he? He was, and he was yeah. in As Good As It Gets. Played a yeah. guy. Oh, did he play a gay a guy film. in that? Or... Was it, is he in that? Yeah, he, he's one of the guys that breaks into Greg. He um, is, you're right. Yeah. What's his face? The Greg yeah. yeah. guy who lives next to Jack Nicholson. That's a great film as well. Oh, I love that. But then Life of Pi, have you seen that? No, I haven't oh, had a chance. That film, probably Lucy is a little bit too little to see it because he's on a boat with a tiger. It's the sort of film that you you read the book first, really. But Lu- Lucy, when she's a little bit older, she will adore that film and you would love it. I know you would. And yeah. so would Kay. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Beautiful. I've heard good things. My mum watched mm. it. Um, she went to the cinema to watch it. So, yeah. But apparently, because uh, he'd done Hulk before this in 2003, yeah. mm. and he because he'd been filming... Well, fairly consistently, you know, pretty much every year for for the past few years, uh, he felt like he either was going to have a nervous breakdown or he wanted to take a break from filmmaking or mm. quit altogether. So, but then when Brokeback Mountain sort of came across his desk, or you know, he received the script for it, he felt like he couldn't resist it. You know, it was mm. that good. And I think from what I've again I've read, Brokeback Mountain had done the rounds. It had been one of those supposedly unfilmable short stories or mm. unfilmable films because of the content Absolutely, you know yeah um i mean i read it's by anna how do you pronounce her surname prue prue is it yeah okay yeah um i read the short story today at lunchtime oh and uh because i thought it's only i'll add a quick look it's it's only a sh- you know it's yeah, it took me it's about, about 60 minutes 60 pages long. i was gonna say it took yeah. me about 40 minutes to read it yeah. um and it's very very close you know so he doesn't really deviate or the film doesn't deviate from the Mm. the story at all to be honest with you um they obviously add bits you know in terms of the relationships you know they pad those out a little bit Mm. with um the women but i mean even a lot of the the things that they talk about you know they Mm. the the dialogue is pretty much spot on they didn't really change a massive amount at all um she's a good writer annie prue um, she's won loads of awards and I've got quite a few of her books. I like her short stories. And she wrote a book called, not The Station Agent, oh God, The Shipping News. That's a film as well. I think Kevin Ooh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey, yep. Um, the book's just, it's just what, you know, like every writer, it, when they're popular, they write one book that's a work of genius and that's hers. The Shipping yeah. News is just a great book, yeah. Yeah, I like Annie Prue. She's good. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I I mean, like I said, it, it takes you about half an hour, 40 minutes to read. It's well worth reading if you're a fan of Brokeback or if you're interested in the film. Um, it kind of... It, well, one of the big talking points towards the end of the film about Jack uh, 
that it I was going to say it doesn't really clear anything up it leaves it kind of still ambiguous mm. yeah. you know and it's kind of looking for for a little bit of not closure but I was looking for something to, a clue as to what really happened do you know what I mean so yeah yeah um but yeah is there anything else you want to talk about the well, I don't know if you want to talk about uh, Michelle Williams, who, oh, yeah, from, um, who sort of turned into one of one of the my favourite actresses with her little moon face. She's been in some great films. Um, Started off in Dawson's Creek as well, didn't she? I've never seen Dawson's Creek. No, I've never been into never that. Never seen it. it. Uh, but yeah, she was. She was in that, but um, she's in one of my favourite films because Peter Dinklage is in it as well. But she's in The Station Agent. Oh, you love him, don't you? I absolutely love him. <laughs> I loved him before he was Tyrion as well. I think he is just an amazing actor, and I think it's really unfortunate that the parts that he gets now are just sort of like comedy dwarf parts because he's such a great actor. But, you know, I guess, you know, what sort of parts can you do if you're a dwarf? But the station agent, if you're a fan of Peter Dinklage and you want to see him in a really gut-wrenching, heart-rendering film about love and dwarfs, and I'm not being funny, (laughs) watch watch the station agent. It's a great film. But the one film that I have to mention, I mean, she's been in loads of films. Like She's in My Week with Marilyn, which is a really great film. Um, and she's been in Synodouche, New York, which is a really great film as well. And um, Meek's Cut-Off, which not a lot of people have seen. Uh, it's a very strange film. I actually got that on DVD. Dave hated it. It's almost like um, like a fever dream, this film. It's about a load of travellers in the Midwest in a covered wagon 300 years ago going to this place. And... Uh, and they've got a guide with them and he says, I know, I know a shortcut. And he takes them through a desert. And if you fancy it, just watch it. Uh, but the one film that Michelle Williams was in, that is her best film to date, I think, even more than Brokeback Mountain, is Blue Valentine. I've heard Ramrod in particular talk about this a lot Um I haven't seen it. I'm, I feel bad for saying, oh, I haven't seen this. And I feel like, I, you know, I feel like I've watched a load of films, but yeah. I haven't seen it. it it's uh, got um, Ryan Gosling in as well. Is yeah, that right? Ryan Gosling. It's uh, it's the sort of film similarly to Brokeback Mountain where you watch it and it is the relationship from the very beginning where they first fall in love to the end of the relationship where Ryan Gosling's bald and literally on his knees begging her and it is that that's another oh my god you need a box of tissues to watch it because of the performances in it mm. the story's very simple and it's absolutely heartbreaking but the thing that makes the film is those two actors again just it's an amazing film uh, and you've got to be in the right mood for it mm. because it's a hard watch another one that's a hard watch, but mm. amazing film. Mm. Mm. I shall have to seek these mm. out. I know I get a lot of recommendations, um, you know, from you guys, yeah. uh, especially when we do the entertainment shows. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, just in terms of the critical reception, I mean, it's just, you know, looking at Metacritic, it's 
you know, overwhelmingly positive. Um, just re- take a couple of these. So Empire said they gave it five stars. The real revelation here is Heath Ledger as the bruised and sometimes brutal Ennis. His tortured mm. secret is the tragedy and the ecstasy of this powerful and moving film. A smart study of relationships that um, could but can't and never will be. Mm. That's fair enough. Um yeah. Uh, let's have a quick look. Uh, the, ooh, the Wall Street Journal said the Brokeback Mountain aspires to be an epic sweep and achieves it uh, through with singular singular intimacy and grace. I wouldn't call it an epic film. Not really. I, I no, don't. I, I wouldn't say it was an epic film. I think the vistas are very epic in it. Yeah, I think yeah. Maybe, but maybe they mean just because it spans like, what, 20 years yeah, or... I guess so. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. the relationship, but it's the, the it's not a criticism of mine, but the way the the film does jump around a lot, doesn't it? In terms of, and the, I think the way they show that is through the kids growing up. Yeah, I was going to say the only way you know how much time has passed is by uh, normally Ennis's children. Yeah, the age of the children, isn't it? Because they're yeah. babies at one point. Well, they haven't yeah. got any kids. Then they've got like a baby and a toddler. Yeah. Then they've got like seven or eight year olds and yeah, then they're yeah. like 16 then they're 20 yeah. do you know what i mean so it's yeah. just i guess that's the way they do it that's fair enough it works though doesn't it yeah um mm. let's have a quick look um time a more middling one said for all its brave beginnings and real achievements it's assault on western mythology it's discovery of <laughs> subversive sexual honesty in the oh. unexpected locale Brokeback mountain finally fails to fully engage our emotions what's mm. subversive I fucking no idea. About what two mi- It's just there. You go. See, now is that a conservative paper? Possibly. Gotta be. Gotta Possibly. be, isn't it? Uh, Otherwise, they wouldn't use the the word subversive, would they? Mm. Wankers. Just and so <laughs> the 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 worst one uh, says here from film threat. Whoever that is, I've never heard of that before. No. This much ballyhooed gay cowboy melodrama is an inert disappointment. <laughs> um. One more of the crap ones, just to show them up for being wankers, to be honest with you. The Baltimore Sun. Um, romanticism fights stoicism to a draw, and the movie grows ever more static too, down to the quasi-ambiguous hate crime finish. Brokeback Mountain comes as close to being a still life as you can get with human characters. Oh. That doesn't even mean anything. It's, you know what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I was reading some of some reviews because we were talking about games again on the same coin and whatever. Yeah. And reading some of the so-called critic reviews. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some very good ones. You know, mm. like Mark Kermode. I think you know you can tell. Oh, he's great, Mark Kermode, isn't he? Yeah. Thought into what he writes and mm. what he says and whatever. Whereas that some of them, they just use such fucking wanky, pretentious words that you just think they don't mean anything, and they sort of that... they're confusing. And you read it and you think, what does that mean? Does, does that, that mean? Did you like it? And just to you know, blow our own trumpet. I, I love reading our reviews because I just think they're so wow. down to earth and yeah. it tells you what it is and it yeah. tells you what it does and is it any good? Yeah. And, you know, that's what you want to know. Uh, yeah, know. exactly. What are the Absolutely. good things? What are the bad yeah. things? Yeah. You know. Does anybody get the tits out? What At what point do the tits get brought out? Well, yeah. And if anybody's interested in when the shagging in this film, it's it's about half an hour in. It's about 20 minutes, isn't it? Which surprised me because I'd forgotten how quickly it happens. Yeah. Well, should we get into it then? I mean, get into it. Go on. Talk then. about the the cast and crew. I think we've pretty much said and done everything there is to say. But 
As can I we do. can we talk about about the very opening of the film? As the credits, well, they don't come up, but the you know, like the you put the Blu-ray in. I've got the DVD. I haven't got the Blu-ray like you because you're posh. But the one thing that starts at the beginning of this film that just takes my breath away every time I hear it is that song. The music, yeah. That song. It's the first sentence I've written. And as you know, I said it on the Twitter the other day, I've written 2,480 words about this film. <laughs> just um, So... But that's the first sentence I've put, you know, it starts with the wonderful theme music that features yeah. throughout the film. Yeah. Um, and that, having watched it a couple of times, and it's not exactly the same, but it just has that kind of effect on me. Mm. Whenever I listen to the music from um, The Deer Hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah. That always gets me. Uh, mm. I went through a period in my life and I was a bit frail and emotional. I'm not sure what was going on with my, my in my head, but mm. where I would just, when it, whenever that music came on, I would just immediately start to feel like I needed to cry, you mm. know. And I'm, I don't know, it just, it's quite a powerful, mm. you know, piece of music. Mm. Um, and it does, There's because there's a couple, isn't there? There's sort of like the... There's two main themes in it, Two isn't themes, there? yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, and the bit at the start, and then there's yeah. the bit, at the, the one at the end, uh, yeah. where it's more of a full-on kind of, this, yeah. this is very, uh, you know, just kind of, I don't know how to describe it really, but it's powerful without being mm. in your face it's very simple it's in a in in a it's just really simple and on a guitar and slow it's not really country is it because the the actual soundtrack of the film um i i'm i've always been a big fan of um, rufus wainwright and Rufus Wainwright and Teddy Thompson sing King of the Road. Do you remember that song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they sing King of the Road on the soundtrack. And I think Willie Nelson's on it as well, who I don't like. You know, I don't like him singing or I don't like his songs, really. Um, but that opening theme tune, uh, I liked it so much. I thought, I'm going to have a look if there's any, any videos or anything on YouTube of uh, his name's Gustavo Santolala. Yep. Yeah, um, so I had a look and somebody's covered that opening song, well, piece of music, and uh, put lyrics over it and they've called it Wings. And it's some, I don't know, who you know, like Mariah Carey sings like that. (laughs) And he's singing, you give me wings. It was shit. Yeah, it didn't sound very good. turned it off. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, but the music's beautiful. Mm. And he won an Oscar for it as well, so yeah. uh, deservedly so. But um, as you said earlier on, it's it's 1963, and you see Heath Ledger, and he's dropped off uh, off outside a shack, you know, and he's hitchhiked, um, I'm guessing, mm. and he's just standing around waiting for work. And then Jake Gyllenhaal pulls up in his beaten up old truck. Did you and... have any idea how old? Did you sort of think, oh, I wonder how old they are supposed to be there? I'd say they were in their early 20s. They're supposed to be 19. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that having saw some interviews with them, they were all around the 25 mark in yeah. real life, weren't yeah. they? So, they, and they were, you know, for for the subject matter, they're quite a young cast really, aren't mm, they? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they don't, they kind of, they don't acknowledge each other. They just kind of, you know, they exchange a glance. They don't really, you know, you can tell already that Ennis is very Repressed. insular. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, and then Randy Quaid pulls up and does the typical kind of thing where he just ignores them and walks into the trailer and then calls them in saying, what are you going to do, stand around all day? Like, mm. um, And, you know, he explains what he wants them to do, which is sheep herding. And one of them is going to be sort of like staying at the main camp, cooking, getting supplies. And then the other one's going to pitch up a, a well, they call it like a pup tent, don't they? Mm-hmm. Where they're, he's going to be sleeping with a sheep, which isn't, I'm assuming, strictly kind of, I want to call it legal, but, it, you know, um, it's it's not, um, I don't I think that he'd got in trouble for it, wouldn't he? If, uh, if, do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't feel, anyway, I don't think that um, it, it's, you know, he's, he gets, he's kind of a bit of a ruthless character, isn't he, really? He's a bit of a he grumpy looks bastard. It, oh, he's totally, yeah. And he, he looks... I, he just looks nasty as well, doesn't he? Really, which is weird for Randy Quaid because he, I'm used to him being cousin Ed in uh, what's it called? <laughs> Come on, Chris! What? What's it called? Oh God, oh. Chevy Chase! <laughs> oh, um, National Lampoon. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of him as fucking Kingpin as well. Oh yeah, I never thought of that. And Independence Day. In as his, soon uh, as I see Randy Quaid, I think about him being the cousin, Chevy Chase's cousin with those white loafers on. Yeah. And having sex with his daughter. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, just, I read um, on, again, Wikipedia, but mm. apparently he sued them um, because it was supposed to be like, where's the article? Like a low budget thing. And he reckons that he was duped into his part because he didn't supposedly think it was going to be as popular as it was. Uh, Yeah, here we go. In 2006, um, he filed a lawsuit against producers alleging they intentionally and negligently uh, represented Brokeback Mountain as a low-budget art house film with no prospect of making any money uh, in order to secure Quaid's professional acting services at below market rates. <laughs> and I, I, think, I know he's a bit mad now, isn't he? Um, he's totally off his head, isn't he? Got arrested about 18 months ago for smashing up his hotel room with his wife and he owed somebody a load of money and yeah. said that the CIA were after him. Yeah, it's a shame, really, because you know yeah. you said you've seen him in these comedy roles, but and then uh, apparently because the film had made over 160 million dollars at that date of his lawsuit, uh, and he, he he wanted 10 million, and then he dropped his lawsuit, and there's some suggestion that they gave him a bonus, but then they they deny they paid him off, you know, with anything. Yeah. I'm thinking, hang on a fucking second. <laughs> yeah. You're in the film for about 10 minutes. Yeah, if that. I'm sure they could have got somebody else to play your fucking role. As good as he is in it, you yeah. just think, hang on a second, what's going on here? Which is kind of so my thought of Randy Quaid a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, talks, he talks really nicely about the film and how he read the short story. And then I think apparently, because again, I've read something that he wanted the rights to to make it when it was kind of doing the rounds and then it had already been bought. Mm. Um but then you just think, well, why, why would you fucking do that? You know, it's like a year after the film's come out. He's a bit, he's a bit bonkers, though, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. So I don't any... think he's been in anything for a good few years, though. I haven't no. seen him. I checked. The, um, I think the last thing he was in was in 2009. Yeah. Oh. Oh, did you hear that? No, what was oh, it? Oh, that's right. I don't know. Something popped up on my screen. It's no. okay. <laughs> was it porn? <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> do no. You wanna, do you want me to pause it and come back? Well, in I a... haven't told you my gay story yet, have I? I'll, do you want to? Do you want to tell me your gay story now? You've I'll tell. Save it. that for the end. It'll, it'll keep people interested, or make me. <laughs> Might even make them fast forward. Who knows? Oh, oh. well, I, <laughs> I need do... to get a towel to listen to your gay story because you know us girls love a gay story. I do have a gay story. Has it okay. got? Has it got spit in it? Uh, has no. It got has it got blowjobs in it? It got potential bumming in it. Potential bumming in a toilet. No, there, there was lube in the toilet. Free lube they were giving away in the toilet. Oh. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you about that. In a, uh, anyway. Okay. Hurry up then, hurry up. Okay, okay. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they're, they're anyway, that's their job. And a lot of the film, like you said, the first 20, 20 25 minutes is pretty much just establishing them... Um, there's no massive amount of dialogue between them. They're kind of just getting to know each other. Like he, Jake, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal is uh, called Jack Twist, if you didn't know, and uh, Heath Ledger's called Ennis Delmar. And then they go to a bar shortly after getting the story and just kind of like you get to know them a little bit better. Like mm. he said, Jack, he's a rodeo rider. Uh, Ennis's parents died uh, and he was raised by his brother and, brother and sister. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they're making camp. They're getting set up, sleeping. There's in no indication of any nothing in- sort of attraction between them whatsoever is there nothing the, at nothing. all there's no lingering looks and there, there's actually one point where um jack who's jake gyllenhaal strips off completely naked no it isn't actually it's, it's not jack yeah. it's, it's heath ledger strips off completely naked and washes himself while um jack is Peeling potatoes, I think, isn't he? That's right, yeah. And he doesn't glance at him. He just keeps looking at the potato. And he's not asked at all. While Heath Ledger is stark bollock naked with his cock hanging out, washing his genitals, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, washing his balls. But yeah, then he is, yeah, yeah. In the, in the story, apparently, he does glance at him. Oh. Um, which is in, I thought was interesting because he, he does. when Because he, he asks, like, you know, do you want any more of this water? Because he's oh. washing. He says, and, and even in the... But in the story, he says, I'm, I'm going to be using it to wash down there kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So if you want it, I'd say no. Uh, but they don't say any of that in the mm. story, do they, like you no. said? Well, it, think, it doesn't look either. And that was one of the controversies. Going the other way, you know, it was kind of like they were saying, oh, it's subversive, you know. It's, oh, my God, how horrific gay people and all this, that, and the other people, men having sex. Oh, my God. But then it went the other way as well. It was criticised for not having more sexual content mm. in it and it mm. was a bit too plain safe now from my point of view I, you know I, I thought it was well done in, i in, think it is as well yeah. i didn't think it was too graphic I, no. and I thought it was more you don't see anything but they still you know what they're doing and absolutely and, there's no doubt what's going on because and you, there's kissing you know yeah, yeah. there's but it's not you know it's not too a lot of it is really loving as well. It's mm. towards you know, and it kind of shows. Well, that first. We're jumping ahead. We're jumping yes. ahead. But yeah, it's yeah. It, it, there's little bits here. You know, there's stuff where uh, he talks about having a wife. Again, there's no yeah. indication. And I think the first time I watched it, I knew what it was about. I knew yeah. it was like the gay cowboy film. You know, yeah. in quotation, whatever. Mm. But that first time when they actually have sex, and you're thinking, well, what the fucking hell happened there? You know, it was just like. But do you want to? Do you want to just? Sort of talk about that. We'll talk about the sex scene, shall we? Well, yeah. So just before we get to that, I've got to keep it in order, Tina. Yes. Can't just jump around here, there and everywhere. <laughs> I'm joking. Unlike you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my gay story. But the 
they um he talks about having a a girlfriend called Alma, and they're going yeah. to get married, you know, mm. at Ennis. And, you know, he's startled by a bear. He loses his stuff. There's a, a little bit in that scene where um isn't in the story, but they maybe added this to start to show a little bit of something happening between them mm. because he gets back to his camp. He's got a little cut on his head, mm. and Jack goes to clean it with yeah. a, a rag, and he kind of pulls himself away, doesn't he? You know, but even he, that. Is sort of more or less when you watch. If you didn't know what this film was about, to me that is just a first sign of a burgeoning friendship friendship between two men, where one has quite an outgoing personality and talks a lot, and the other one is repressed in every way you can think of. Because when they're talking to each other, uh, Jack says to Ennis, "That's the most you've said the two weeks we've been up here." And Ennis says, that's the most I've said for years. Because yeah. he just briefly talks about, you know, that that his mum and dad die, that his, he lived with his brother and sister. His sister got married and moved away. Then his brother got married and moved away. And he was by himself. Yeah. Yeah. And um, they hadn't got any money and oh. they, the, car, the car broke down, so they had to fix the car. So that was it, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's a little bit as well where they kill an elk, you know, because they ain't got any food at that point. And again, you just see their relationship start to develop mm-hmm. because uh, of the little, little quips and jokes that even Ennis is now starting to warm a little bit to him because he the makes harmonica a... jokes. Yeah, and he makes <laughs> yeah, a joke yeah. about his shooting, uh, Jack's yeah. sh- crap shooting ability. Um, and like you said, that shot where he's kind of washing himself and he's blurred. Mm. He's in the background and it's quite quite blurred. Yeah. Um, and but he doesn't look. And no. then he opens up about his dad being a bull rider and he never came to see him and you know he's quite cold towards him mm-hmm. um, and and everything else. And he's just fucking about. You know he's doing his whole rodeo thing. Mm-hmm. You know going yeehaw and mm-hmm. and whatever and kind of making Ellis laugh. But this is the bit where they start getting pissed on the whiskey. Yeah. yeah. And um, on first it- viewing. I can remember and sort of like other times, I think I've watched the film, I went to the cinema to see it. And you can sort of remember a film when you've seen it at the cinema. And then I would have watched it on DVD maybe a couple of times years ago. It's a good few years since I've rewatched it. Mm. And when I watched it, because I, I, like you, when we're going to talk about a film, I watch it and watch it just as a fan and don't analyse it. I just watch it and, and like it, you know just as yeah. a film fan, yeah. then watch it again and think about what's going on. But on that first watch last week, I didn't notice how pissed they were. Yeah, they are pretty hammered, aren't They're they? They're absolutely pissed out of their brains, aren't they? And Because normally what they would do is that um, Jack would go up to the camp and sleep with the sheep, and then Ennis would stay and you know, cook the meals and stuff like that and get little supplies that was kind of their job um and like that you know they offered they swapped roles though they swap around yeah yeah. yeah. because like you know he's saying i'm commuting for four hours a day and and it's just that's i'm coming down it's oh he's getting pissed off with it so they kind of swap around but they get absolutely hammered they're starting to like i said get to know each other um, and Ennis is too drunk to go up to where the sheep are, and he says that he'll sleep outside and let Jack take the tent, and Jack's like, no, you know, it's going to be cold, and he just says, no, it's fine, I'm whatever. But and then he does sleep outside, and he's there, he wakes up, and he's shivering, and he's, his teeth are chattering, and then um, Jack calls him into the tent. Hmm. Initially, nothing happens, yeah. and then um, Jack wakes up, and they kind of... 
so Jack is kind of like lying on his side and Ennis is on his back. Mm. It's it, and I know I'm going through this in detail, but it's how I'm remembering it because yeah, it's but not. It, it's it's an important scene in the film, and it and it's one that you know that you can talk about. But it's it's also I and again you know what just watching the film, but then rewatching it and really watching it to pick it apart. I noticed a couple of things about this film that sort of made me go, "Ooh, I didn't didn't notice that when I was just watching it." Okay, because um, I initially thought that he was just kind of pulling. So what he does is Jack pulls Ennis's arm over him, and I initially thought. He's doing that because he's cold or he's half yeah. asleep or he's yeah. pissed. Yeah. I didn't think there was anything sexual in it at all. No. And then when I read the book or the story, mm. um, the story actually says he pulls his hand to his cock. Mm. That's the way, that's the words that he uses. Right. And and then you so I think, okay. But initially I'm thinking this is fairly innocent. There's nothing mm. in, in this, you know, like yeah. I said, he's half asleep. You know, I'm, I've shared a bed with a bloke and I'm not saying that we've spooned each other or anything like that, but... It was you know, Dave, you... wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's no, all right laughing. I... I know all about what goes on at Hard Rock Hell stays at Hard Rock Hell. I did spoon Dave, but, um, and then he dunked know. his balls in my mouth. Oh! But... <laughs> <laughs> but oh! No, so I thought, okay, that that then and then you know, kind of, and he stirs, mm. and wakes up, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" kind of thing, and he starts mm. to fight him off, and then they're kind of almost like fighting with each other, aren't they? They are. They they have a. It's almost like a fight. It's like a wrestle, isn't it? They kind of like pushing. Yeah, it's like pushing they, each other away. Pushing each other away while pulling each pulling other together. together. Yeah. But I thought that Jack grabs Ennis. And pulls Ennis towards him. Yes. And then offers himself to Ennis by getting on his hands and knees. Uh, saying, and well, he doesn't, none of them say a word to each other. No. But, but Jack basically gets on his hands and knees and offers his ass to him. He, well, I see, the way I interpreted that scene was that the first indication that something, that, you know, it was sexual was yeah. that he started to unzip his jeans. Yeah. And then yeah. he. That's but the, that's okay. after see, Jack gets on his hands and knees. No, see, I thought it was the other way. I thought that actually um, Ennis flips him over. Mm. I thought that's how the scene played out. That, mm, but wow. bef- before that, it, it's actually he gets his... It, Jack starts to undo, undo his zip, but then Ennis flips him over and then he's, like, on top of him and, you know, they're kind of... It's rough and it's aggressive. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, it's kind of... It's, it's not loving, is it? It's, no. It's, I'm going to fuck you now, sort yeah, of. It's like the passion overcomes them completely. Yeah, and there's there's no, um, like you said, there's no nothing said between them. No. And um, this is the scene where Ennis spits on his hand mm. to, to give some lubrication, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's in the story, you know. Mm. Um so that that's you know it stays very faithful to the the source material, but again. So obviously, the character of Venice in the book, and the film, wasn't so pissed that he didn't know what he was doing. He knew exactly what he was doing, didn't he? Yeah. Because he spat on his hand to make it lubricated. Yeah, hmm. and but the thing, and again, watching this back then. 
I don't know how it made me feel, but I, because I didn't know when it was coming, I just knew mm. that there was going to be something happen between the two of them. Yeah. But obviously, having seen it now, it kind of didn't. I would say it kind of was a little bit shocking for me to watch it. Yeah, the first time. The I first saw time. It, it, it was, I can't remember, I don't think the cinema was that full. And it was in the evening that we went to see it. Um, but I can remember when I watched the film and, and subsequent times I've watched it, even though you know what's coming, literally, bum bum. <laughs> it's still a bit, it's because it's, um, it's because it's not, it's not a loving, sensual, soft, stroking, seductive, sexual experience. It's like f- f- grabbing hold of each other, one flipping the other over. But but actually, I, I you know, you think he flips him over. I don't think he does. I, we'll disagree okay. on that one. Um it's so interesting the, that we've had different interpretations yeah, of it. Yeah. And we've both seen the film within yeah. the last, last few days, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but it, but it is, it's violent. It, it's, it's almost it's animalistic, isn't it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's quite yeah. animalistic, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost like kind of whether they're getting it out of their systems or something yeah. or, I, you know, because you can't imagine that, well, I was saying that Ennis has got a girlfriend, so they would have had sex, and you know Jack, you'd imagine, would have had sex. So it's not. But then you think. Well, if that's I'm... something else I thought about as well. You know that um, they're so different, aren't they? I wonder if if Jack has ever had sex with a woman, because I think Jack throughout the film appears to be more accepting that the of the fact that he's not straight, wholly straight. Yeah. But with Ennis, I, I think Ennis probably has slept with Alma because that's what's expected of him. I don't think Ennis has any inkling that he's that he's gay until he's got his cock inside Jack. I think the thing, I mean, just the scene after this then, it's like they wake up and it's almost mm. like it's a drunken night and they're yeah. thinking, you know, there's no dialogue, but they're kind yeah. of like, they're almost like... Did Compare this... yourself then, right? Because right. you've had a few drunken experiences, I'm sure. Yeah. And this is very personal. But have you ever sort of woken up, looked at the woman lying next to you thinking, fuck, I've got to get out of here and <laughs> left. Like um... that. Yeah, I guess you know. Seriously, um, have you? Uh, seriously, is that is that because it's men and women are just so different? Because we're like, oh, you going? To, oh, are you going to give me a hug before you go in there? And they're just like out to there. <laughs> I, Not that that's ever happened to me, of course. Yeah. I've heard stories, but I, uh, have you actually done that? I've had. Oh God, here we go. I mean, I'm sure I've told this story before. Where it, I I went out with a girl. This is really in, sort of I was going through a bit of a mad phase after my marriage broke up, yeah. and uh, I was just going around nailing anything that moved, pretty much. Um, that's not my gay story, by the way. But that's <laughs> uh, damn. Uh, but it, I was going out with a girl, and I was only really interested in her. I say going out with her. I was only really interested in her for the sex. Yeah. Um, and we. I hadn't had sex that at that point, but I remember saying to my friend that, that you know tonight <laughs> tonight's going to be the night. So you know, but then what I want you to do because I don't want anything really to do with her after that. This is really <laughs> awful. It was a one shot deal, then it was it, Chris? Yeah, I, I said to my friend, phone me or text me or phone me and say 
you've got an emergency and you need me to help you out with something. <gasps> so, and he did. And I was like, oh my God, my friend's in a lot of trouble. I need to help him. I need to go out with something. I mean, looking back now, it's fucking awful. Had but, you literally just finished having sex? It was the next, no, I mean, it was the next day. I mean. So you, oh, it was the next morning. So you slept. Pretty much. Literally slept there then. Yes. But oh. then it was like the next morning, get That's up. That's so big of you, Chris. And then. I said, did I you shagger it. in the morning as well? Uh. No, but not blowing my own trumpet. It was like, <laughs> we did do it seven times that night. Which How was... many? <laughs> seven times? I'm not blowing my own trumpet. Why Hang would... on a minute, I'll blow it for you. <laughs> and I remember that. Seven, you did it seven times in one night. It was the, we didn't get much sleep Se- that night. Chris, seven times. How the fuck do you do it seven but, times in a night? But yeah, it was only like 30 seconds apart, wasn't it? So. <laughs> Um, did I can't you come remember. every time? The only thing I remember... Did, yes. something, did you ejaculate? Oh, my God. Um, yes. But I back think I then, need to have a look at you. No, I was going to say, back then, I mean, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm talking about this fucking Brokeback Mountain, but, um, you know, I'd be jerking off like five or six times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I've stunned you. Are you there? Hello? Have you really gone? Oh. <laughs> Are you really there? I thought you fucking yeah, gone. No, I am here. I was, I don't know what happened then. <laughs> <laughs> I think, do you think God was punishing you for having six wanks? I don't know. Possibly. I don't do, know. Do all men like wank that much? I don't know. See, this is what I was saying, you know, about being a poor, you know, men sort of like saying, oh, um, you be porn stars, whatever. You can't get it up. I'm thinking, fucking hell, I can get it up just by looking at, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, stuff. Anything. Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, it's not... Chrissy. Anyway. Anyway. I'm, I'm yeah. Getting really hot now, and it's hot <laughs> enough as it is in this room. Fucking hell. Okay. Anyway, get on. To... I've still got a fucking gay story to talk about later yeah, on as well. Yeah, I'm looking Jesus forward to Christ. that. So I always remember that anyway because it was the day of the Rugby World Cup final when England won mm. against South Africa or Australia. I think it was Australia. Mm. But I remember that for that, that reason. Yeah. Not because of the rugby, but because it's quite a nice, it was a memorable night. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it was memorable as anyway. well. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Enough of that, he says. Change the subject, Tina. But yeah, it's the, the, well, we were talking about fucking waking up and they were thinking, what the hell has just happened? You know, and he's mm. like, it's, it's hot. you know, you've woken up from a hangover and, and mm. or you've got a hangover and you're sort of thinking shit did that really happen mm. or um and there's there's no conversation between the two of them um but you know and he goes off to the sheep and one of them's been killed by a coyote mm. which is uh, seen i guess as some kind of omen maybe uh, yeah and you can see by the w- the way that he looks at it because it's Bodies lying there, and there's no guts, is there? It's been mutilated, it's isn't it? Totally, no. and he just stands there and looks at it, and I and I actually have the same thought of you that he that he looks at it, and he just the look on his face is like what that? It's almost like it hits him when he sees that inviscerated sheep. 
Yeah. It's what did I do? The con- the consequences or the, yeah. you know, and uh, they, but they meet up on the evening and, and this is where they have the conversation and then he says, look, you know, this is a one-time only thing. And, mm. and he actually says, it, I'm not queer. And Jack yeah. says, I'm not queer either. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, maybe because of the time, 1963, it wouldn't have been such well it wasn't accepted was it and particularly in this country Mm -hmm. uh it was against the law and so maybe it just wasn't something that people talked about or maybe it was seen as an affliction maybe it was seen as something that just if if you were gay or if you were queer then you were uh, a pervert or Mm. there was something wrong with you do you know what i mean i think that's Mm. the way it was probably seen yeah absolutely i I mean i i when i knew that we were doing this i tried to look up um gay laws you know when it was made legal whatever in america because it's really easy to look shit like that up in britain because you know the statutes they're all there you can just look them up you know when it was legal sodomy was legal you you could do it when you were over 21 the dates whatever america though i couldn't pinpoint a time that it was legal in america because it's sodomy laws but I, I was looking for, you know, when is it legal to just be a gay man mm. and don't bring sodomy into it? Because I'm sure not every gay man wants to bomb somebody, it's, oh, you know. It's, it's such a oh, it's sodomy, such a terrible word, isn't it? It's, it's just, horrible. It's biblical, though, isn't it? I, I always, um, I prefer much for a buggery. I know, Do you? <laughs> if Dave can isolate that and just... Buggery! He can put it as his, uh, his ringtone or something. But much... nobody, nobody says that. I mean, even when we're joking about it, it's bumming, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need to drink then. I was just having a sip of my coffee. Just, just have a quick gulp before I say any more. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm not even drinking that's the thing oh Lydia. i am you just bring i needed you're... a drink talking about i think you bring the worst out in me Tina. oh thank god for that anyway. amen brother but the next sex scene which happens shortly afterwards is a lot more tender it's, um, oh this is this is where everything starts to fall into place yeah, in it's, the film, it, it, isn't it? It's very it? beautiful, yeah. I think, this, because Jack's kind of waiting in the tent um, and they touch each other's faces mm. and, like, he kind of lies on his chest uh, and he lies on his chest and, and yeah, I think he's it's very... He's very... as well, isn't he? He just really, he really <sighs> grips him, doesn't he? And, and you can see how much pain Ennis is in and Jack comforts him and says, come on, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And even though Jack is naked, Jack is Jake Gyllenhaal, and Ennis has still got his, sh- his shirt on at that point, he's so conflicted and wants him so much and wants to give himself to him. And he's still, he's not holding back, but you can just see how painful it is. For him to feel anything at all, never mind some sort of affection or lust or whatever, but just feeling anything. It's just completely doing his head in, isn't it? Yeah, it's very difficult for him to express his feelings, yeah. isn't it, yeah. uh, in, in that respect. But he does and he, you know, he they embrace and they... It's, it's romantic, isn't it? Yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, totally. Uh, it is very, very beautiful. Sorry, I'm just mess. I've dropped my keyboard, but uh, <laughs> not in the. Bucket is it of because pit- you were weeing in a potty? No, 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 no. Oh, not in a bucket of piddle. You'll be pleased to know. <laughs> <laughs> to make a change. Um, but then this is where Randy Quaid sees them messing about yeah. and chasing each other yeah. uh, whilst half naked, and mm. they're kind of like they're not. They're just kind of playing oh, mm. t- tag, really, or something. Yeah. They're not really. Yeah. But in that again, in the story, they do kiss. Yeah, in the story, mm. they describe having sex, but in freely out in the open, mm. in the tents, in the in the open, mm. ev- everywhere, because mm. there's nobody for miles. There's mm. nobody around. Mm. Um, but Randy Quaid sees them. Mm. Uh, looking through his binoculars and he comes down to the camp and he says that Jack's uncle's dying of pneumonia and um, he, he, you know he, he just you can tell from his look he's just he doesn't show anything but he's got mm. the massive amount of disdain for them yeah. you know yeah. but they're, they're doing a job he can't just tell him to fuck off there and then because mm. you know he's going to look after his sheep yeah. um, but then there's a massive storm and the sheep get caught up with another herd and this is you know they kind of get um they they lose the the count of all the sheep that they've got, so they have to sort that out. And Randy Quaid sends this message saying he wants them to go back down to the mountain and bring the sheep down. And Ennis is annoyed, and and he kind of mentions that they're going to lose a month's pay. But I, I think the reason, from my point of view, what I took mm. about out of it is that he's annoyed and he's angry because he doesn't want their time to end. No, he doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't want to go, doesn't he? But it, but instead of saying. I don't want this to end. I don't want it. I want to stay up here with you where we're alone and I think I'm falling in love with you. You can't do that. No. Mm. Um, and it comes out in another way because they start to sort of like play fight. You know, Jack goes yeah. up the rope and starts, you know, sort of like lassoing it around him and uh, they start sort of like play fighting or wrestling, but it turns into a real fight and they hit each other. Mm. Um and maybe that's because they're trying to get back to normal life or pretend that nothing ever happened or that they're not gay. Um, uh, see, uh, I I took it as pure frustration with the world around them and the fact that they couldn't be together and their time together on Brokeback Mountain has been perfect and now they have to go back to, in inverted commas, normal life when yeah. they just want to be with each other and i think that's why because it's not it's not jake gyllenhaal's character jack he punches ennis and then goes shit because he makes his nose bleed and ennis's blood goes on his shirt which is quite important later on in the film yeah um but he goes up to him and goes god ennis doesn't he oh i've hit you oh my god are you all right and ennis just like goes for him doesn't he yeah and it is just for me that was pure i don't want to go i don't want this to end i and ennis's character is so incredibly repressed he can't verbalize how he feels and the only thing he knows is sort of like violence really yeah because of frustration well that comes out in in a few ways later on in the film yeah. doesn't it and yeah. you know and the, it it because having seen the film properly this time around, that that scene with the shirt you're talking about, which we'll get into in a bit later, that mm. was like a fucking punch in the guts at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's kind of like almost um, glanced over because he even mm. says, I can't believe I left my shirt up on the mountain, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you kind of don't really pay much attention to that. Yeah. And yeah. then it, 
it hits you, doesn't it? But then they, oh, you know, yeah. they talk about what they're going to do next, and Jack drives off, you know, kind of looking at Ennis, and mm. and Ennis goes behind a building and he starts to throw up and yeah. punch the wall, you know, and he's shaking. Um, that wasn't. Did you read? Have you read about that? He it, he wasn't supposed to. It was uh, a real wall, wasn't it? It was a real wall, and he he broke his hand apparently. Yeah, I've yeah, read about that, yeah. um, which again shows you how much he got into the character and everything. Yeah. But yeah. then he kind of flips, doesn't it? Though, because you've had all that, and then but then he goes to the scene where Ennis is getting married to Michelle mm. Williams, who yeah. apparently fell in love with on in real life on the set. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they they're on a, a sled, aren't they, going down a hill? Yeah. And apparently they filmed that scene a few times. And she is so pretty, isn't she? She's got a little... She's a real cutie, I think, with a little moon face. But her face just is so expressive. She's Mm. just a great actress that her face lights up with so much emotion. But apparently um, they were filming that scene where they're just going down a hill constantly on a sled, take after take. And one take, she fell off the sled and she's supposed to giggle at the end of it, as she does in the film. Um, And she hurt her arm and she was crying. And Heath Ledger really panicked and went with her to hospital in an ambulance to get her checked out. And they never came back to set that day. And that was it. That was the start of their relationship. Ah, okay. Uh, And they had a daughter together as well, Matilda. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. it's you know, and it, it's almost like he's a different person because mm. it's normal, you know, going back to normal life, playing in the snow, going for a, to the driving cinema, mm. um, you know, kind of f- he's feeling her up, you know, and it's, mm. you know, you wouldn't have thought what's happened. It's like almost like he's putting on a different suit, you know, he's like a different character almost to a certain degree, you know. Um, yeah. And and then he, you know Jack um, goes back to Randy Quaid the next summer and he asks for a job but broke back and you know he says that he's got no work for him and that he, he basically lets on that he knew what they were getting up to yeah. at the mountain um, and that Ennis hadn't been around because that's why Jack went back because he wanted to meet up oh, with yeah. Ennis again didn't he? Do you think that Jack realizes that Randy Quaid knows what they've been up to? Yeah. Because I do you think so? Because I didn't think he did. He basically says it, doesn't he? Because he says, oh. you know, you're supposed to be watching the sheep, not stemming the lily, which, or, or stemming the <laughs> what rose. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I, I assume it means something to do with having a blowjob or something. Oh. Like that. <laughs> okay, darling, stem yeah. my lily. Stem the rose. Stem the lily. <laughs> She'll go, like. what? <laughs> Suck it, bitch. Uh, <laughs> oh, as if you'd ever say that to lovely Kay. Well, I don't know. But um, and then, yeah, this is where the time starts to sort of flip around a bit because Ennis has mm. got he's got two kids now. Yeah. Uh, so I wants... think it's about three years later, isn't it? Yeah. Because the, the eldest two... one looks about two. Yeah, so two maybe... to three years later. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, but they're kind of living out in the sticks, aren't they? A little bit, yeah. and she wants to move a bit closer to town. Uh, he's a bit reluctant. Um, and do you think that's because he wanted to stay away from populated areas or he yeah, just Yeah, I do. I, I do think that. And I think that a little speech he makes near sort of the end of the film hmm. underlines it as well, where he goes on about um, he's talking to Jack because they meet up again and says, do you think that people look at you and they know 
basically. And I think that's why he doesn't want to be... Perhaps another reason is he doesn't want to be around temptation as well. I thought that as well. One or two reasons, isn't it? You know, he just doesn't want to be around people and doesn't want to sort of so that they could look at him like, you know, he's gay or... Like you said, there's temptation there, isn't there? So, but having said that as well, I don't think he would be tempted because I think he only ever loved Jack. Jack, yeah. yeah. But they start to have sex. Um, yeah, this is really a, an important scene as well, isn't it? About yeah, Ennis. He, he's, they start to have sex and, you know, the kind of regular, I guess, in the missionary position at this stage. Mm-hmm. And then, but he flips her over. Yeah, and yeah. And the look on her face is like he's doing this to me again. Yeah. Do isn't you? It? No. This is this. Is, I'm going to say it's going to be crude, but do you think it was regular sex or did he have anal sex with her? Oh no, I think he was having vaginal sex with her. But I think the fact that he flips her over is because he didn't want to look at her. Doesn't, yeah. Yeah. I thought he doesn't that as want well. to look that she's. A, he doesn't want to see that she's. A, I don't think he was. Fucking her up the arse at all. <laughs> I don't. Well, no. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can sort. Of, you know, we can make a a joke about it. You know, but but I but I really don't. Are we being too serious about this film, Chris? No, not at all. I, think we... <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, you know, because I I don't know. It's one of the. I I surprised myself watching this film that it had such a deep effect on me. Really, that I just couldn't find. It in myself to take the piss out of it in any oh, no. way because it really affected me that that I uh, and not to try and be PC and not to try and not piss anybody off because to me it's one of the most tragically romantic films I've ever seen. Mm, it really beautiful. is. Yeah, yeah. The, the, but, that, but, the only reason I asked that was because yeah. in the story it refers to it that he does the thing that she doesn't like. No, and that's right, what so meant... he, so he in in the story he does have anal sex with her. Maybe, then. Possibly, or maybe he he just refers to the fact that he doesn't look at her. You know, he doesn't. It, well, want it to could be her. the thing that she doesn't like is that he flips her over. Yeah. Because you know when you when you think about it, if it was nineteen sixty three when the film starts. So say it's three or four years later, it's like 66, 67. This, that's before sort of hippies and mm. the peace movement and free love, especially in America. We're still in post-World War Two stayed America where, I mean, religion is still enormous in America, isn't it? Hello? Have I gone again? You disappeared again. Oh, then. again. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I would imagine that during that that time that, you know, sex education would be very sparse and women would expect to only do sex in the missionary position yeah, if you were yeah. married to that man. Yeah. And that only prostitutes did it other ways, maybe. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Jack is uh, rodeoing now and he's, he goes to a bar and he, he... Now, at this scene, he kind of goes up to another guy and he sort of like offers to buy a drink, doesn't he? And um, this other guy, he's like kind of like one of the, the clown... Um, what do you call them? Like cowboys? The yeah, balls, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Um, and it doesn't, he doesn't come out and say, you know, do you want to go out or whatever but mm. it's almost like i got the impression that he's coming on to this guy this yeah. guy realizes it 
and pretty much puts him in his place and says, oh, "I'm not. I, I only, I'm only here, you know, to mm. keep the balls busy or whatever." Yeah. Uh, and then he walks off to his mates. Yeah. And then he jacks pissed off because, like, the bar tender says something to him. Um, did you think that as well, or was that just me? Yeah. I know absolutely. I thought that as well. Uh, because there's a scene later on with David Harbour that I sort of what made me go, oh, hang on a minute. Yeah. Does he mean this or this? Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of duplicitous behaviour in this There's film. a lot of subtext to it, isn't there? There's a lot. Absolutely. And I think most of it is centred around Jack's character. Because yeah. I I think that even though Ennis is married to Alma, I think Ennis is gay. And I think Ennis is in love with Jack. And he wouldn't entertain having sex with another man. No. Even though later on in the film he meets another woman. Despite that, I think that Jack is his number one. Jack, on the other hand, I mean, there is, there's scenes in the film where, you know, that we'll talk about as well, that I think that he he is in love with Ennis and Ennis is his be-all and end-all. But I think that Jack is more accepting of his own sexuality. Uh, and he so, says he needs it. He needs... Yeah, he needs it. a bum. Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And he yeah. can't wait the months on end yeah. for Ennis. Yeah. You know, it's he's, he just needs sex. Yeah. That's, yeah. And, you know... and Up the bum sex. Up the bum sex, yeah. you know. <laughs> Up the bum. <laughs> um and so, yeah, it, and, and Ennis and his family go to a church gathering and these two biker wankers are being rude and he decks mm. them, doesn't he? And he shows mm. Alma a different side because mm. I don't think she's seen that because she seems quite shocked mm. by how violent he becomes. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that scene had a place in the film, really. It did seem, I mean, it might, I don't know if it's just to demonstrate that he's frustrated or he's angry, yeah. he's aggressive. I don't know. It's a it, it's certainly not in the story. Yeah. Um you know, it, it does seem a little bit out of place. Mm. Um so um yeah, it's a bit uh, of a weird one that. I, I because it's I mean it's not boring and it's only like two minutes long, but yeah. it is a bit what why did they put that in? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um and then he, he meets up with uh Jack meets up with Anne Hathaway um mm. at a is it Lorene or Lorene? Lorraine. Lorene. Yeah. Uh, and she's like a big kind of like, you know. What do you think of Anne Hathaway? We haven't spoken about her. In this or generally? Uh, generally, yeah. She's all right. I don't, I haven't seen massive amounts of films with her. I mean, the last film I probably saw her in was um, The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. And she was pretty good as Catwoman, I thought. Um, she, she uh, you know, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Yeah. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah. she she did all right. I mean, she's what the the, the uh, Princess Diaries. She did those never kind of films. Never no, seen them. Never, never seen them. Never seen them. I think she's probably she's okay in this, but I don't think she's as strong as the others for sure. No, I don't think she is either. I, um, I, yeah. Even though she gets a tits out, um, <laughs> it's very brief. <laughs> I'm trying to think about because um, she's in Interstellar. Now that's that was a massive film, and I've had quite a few arguments with different people about Interstellar. Who, like Ramrod, for instance, really loves that film, and I, I think Christopher Nolan's a bit of a genius, really. Mm. But Interstellar is a great film until it, it's got sort of three endings, 
Have you ever seen it? No, not yet. Haven't you? I, it's... I was going to watch it at the cinema, but the thought it was like three hours long. And yeah. It was, Lucy was only very young at that time. Yeah. It was just yeah. the thought of going to the cinema for three hours just yeah. was, was out of the question, you know. It's a so... film that I think I need to watch again to consolidate my opinion on it. But when I saw it in the cinema, I was terribly disappointed in it, only because of the ending, because it was like, what? They did what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, Anne Hathaway's she's in uh, Les Mis as well, isn't she? And I have seen that. She was supposed to be amazing in that. Yeah, she sings that song in it. You know, the song. I dreamed a dream and times That one. <laughs> yeah, the one that. that uh, one. What's, what's her face sang? Susan Boyle. No matter what I sing, it always ends up being a Kiss song. That's Dave's fault. I don't okay. even like Kiss. <laughs> don't let me hear you say that. No, oh no, no, don't! I hope he's not. I do like Kiss, really. I do. Like he will hear it, but uh, but yeah, I mean they heat it off, and she does get it out in the back of the the car. Mm. Um, and her... don't you think though that when you that scene of her in the back of the truck with Jack is her Brokeback Mountain, and I think that Michelle Williams, her Brokeback Mountain, is going on that sled with the Ennis. You mean their perfect moment? Their kind of perfect thing. moment. Everybody in this film has their perfect moment. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much because that, that after that, she either becomes like, she just like sits at a, a, like an account, a calculator, <laughs> yeah. becomes an accountant, chain smoking cigarettes. She's got some great hairstyles. Or her best scene is at the end when she's on the phone to Ennis, but that's... Oh, yeah. But that's it, really. I mean, you don't really get to see much of her. You don't, uh, know. Her dad's a bit of a knob. He's a big-time tractor t- dealer, and, mm. you know, he, he doesn't approve of Jack, um, you know, and you get to see that later on. And and Alma's kind of uh, working at a supermarket, and you can tell that the manager's quite sweet on her, just the way that, you know, she... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. One of the kids smashes a load of glass and uh, he just goes, oh, I'll clean it up for you. It's mm. fine. Don't worry. Yeah. Don't worry. Uh, but And he strops the kids off without any notice, saying he's yeah. got work... I mean, do you think that was the case, or do you think it was there was something yeah, else? No, I think that uh, that it's the typical thing where the man is more important than the woman, and he had to go and do something with calves. And I think that was genuine. I don't think he was meeting anybody because right. his meeting with Jack comes uh, later on. But I think that he just literally got called into work and thought, "Oh well, Alma's working, but it doesn't matter. I'll just take the kids to her." Yeah. So yeah. that was sort of just un- underlining role models, wasn't it? That the yeah. man is more important than the woman. What the man wants is more important than what the woman wants, sp- you know. Yeah, I suppose in some ways it's sort of, again it's it's not happened yet, but it's just maybe a little way of how he treats her. He just yeah. doesn't really he disregards her a little bit, you oh, know. He totally that, disregards you know. her. Um, yeah. But yeah, and that, this is where time jumps about again because Anna Hathaway's had a kid, um, mm. and she's just been he's just been born and he's the mom and dad are there and the dad's being a bit of a twat you know and he's saying oh that's a good like... scene that isn't it when doesn't they have like the his grandfather. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um oh no that scene where he tells him to turn the te- tv yeah off. with the, t- oh, the tv that's... one yeah it's great that's cool yeah, that, <laughs> yeah that's good um and but yeah and Ennis comes home and he, they've sort of moved into um the town where alma wanted mm. it's above like a laundry isn't it yeah yeah uh, yeah and 
she she asks him uh, if he knows someone called Jack, and mm. because they had a postcard and mm. saying he's going to come into town, and you know he plays down their relationship, saying oh they're just fishing buddies, whatever, and but then he posts a reply saying you know you bet you know you he's bet. looking for yeah. But just goes to show as well, but you've only got to look at the the two postcards, and the one off Jack is like oh I'm going to be coming into town, it'd be great to see you, yada yada blah 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 blah, lots of love Jack, and Ennis just writes you bet yeah. What exactly does that mean? Yeah, it's very... just it's just like yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean that's what I've read about like cowboys and stuff. They mm. did lead very insular lives, a lot of them, yeah. and they didn't have you know much contact with other people, and they were very quiet and very stoic. I guess you, you mm. use different words, I guess. But um, but the, the, this is a good, interesting scene because of the way. The day he's coming to town and he's he's like a cat on a hot tin roof, mm. isn't he? He can't settle. He's drinking beer. He's smoking. He's mm. looking out the window. Uh, you think he's not coming because he's he's got more beer bottles down. Um, yeah, 10, a, isn't it? Is it he's 10 half beer asleep. bottles? Yeah, yeah. He's half asleep. It's night time. But then he turns up. And he, he runs down, you know, he's like, oh, Jack, fucking twist, you know, you son of a bitch and all this, that and the other. And then, Now, this was shocking as well for me when I first saw it. Yeah. they. It's instant, isn't it? They embrace like a hug, like, mm. you know, I would say with Dave or whatever, you know, you kind of meet up with somebody you haven't seen for a long time, you yeah. give give each other a hug, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, Ennis forces Jack mm. against the wall, doesn't he? Yeah. Start. And it's the first time that Ennis really, you can sense that, oh, he just can't resist him, can he? he? It's Ennis that leads it instead of it being a bit of both. You know, one going, yeah, come on then, and then the other one encouraging him so that the other one knows that it's okay that he unzips his trousers. But this time, Ennis doesn't give Jack a choice. He practically throws him up against the wall and snogs him, doesn't he? Uh, Again, in the story. I found that like a really big turn on, you know. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. In in the story, apparently, he says, like, you know, he kissed him that hard that he bites his lip, you know. Mm. um, Oh, I like that. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know seriously that really out of the whole film that one little bit where his passion just completely overflows really makes me a bit like oh yeah Ooh, like that a bit gooey Ooh, yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> keep going <laughs> sorry crazy <laughs> but um you haven't heard my gay story yet. So. I'm, I am so looking forward to this. Better be a, like, this gay story better be fucking good, I'm telling you now. It'll probably be a letdown after all this. But anyway, I doubt it. We, um, so, yeah, it, this is the scene now that where, where I think um, Michelle Williams and Alma, it, it just, it's, she sees them. Yeah. And it's, oh, and it's horrible, isn't it's it? It's heartbreaking her for her. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, I mean, you imagine, you know, you know what would you do? What would you do if it I mean, was it, you and you saw your wife with another woman? I mean, you think it'd be that. bad enough kissing another man, but I mean, mm. this is like even worse for her, isn't it? It's mm. just, you know, she kind of walks back into the house and her life's been destroyed in yeah. in, in a moment, really, yeah, hasn't it? Absolutely. You know, absolutely, and she can't say anything. And they then go back into the house and they can't get away quick enough really can they and you know talk about saying they're going to go out drinking you mm. know they when they get to 
drinking and talking. They're going to be out all night. And mm. she's, you know, they, they spend the night in the hotel. And it's been four years since they were together. Mm. And you'd like the you know, so you've read the story. But yeah, you, it was right, years ago that I read. But the story describes that, you know, they were both, this is the first time in four years they've been together. Mm. Um, and they're, they're both spent. The, the room smells of semen and all this. You know, mm. it does go into a bit of detail about mm. it. Um mm. And, you know, they, you don't see any of that. They just, they kind of, you can tell that they've had sex and they're cuddling, mm. you know, they, they're holding each other. Yeah. Um, and they're just talking about what they're going to do now. Mm. And um, it's, you know. Old it, Brackbuck like, broke back, got us good. Yeah. And yeah. It, but it's almost <laughs> like it's talked about like an affliction. They even yeah. refer to it like if this thing gets a hold of us, you know, and yeah. it's like they can't. Yeah. He's terrified, isn't he? He's like it's it's almost like um I think Ennis is completely terrified of anyone finding out where Jack isn't really. He wants to be with him. His love for Ennis is so overpowering and so present that he I don't think he really would give a shit. Because is it is it now that he tells the story? No, no it's, it's not, a, is it? It's a bit later on, yeah, but yeah. And yeah. The, but then they go back home. Alma's looks like she's been awake all night. All and night, yeah. Ennis, this scene breaks my heart because yeah. Ennis comes back and he says that they're going to head off to the mountain for a day mm. or two and mm. go, to, go and fishing. And he pretty much ignores her at this point. Yeah. And I think she's fantastic because mm. there's real pain yeah. in her eyes. But he's he, just doing it because he's so guilty. Isn't he? He's just. Yeah. He, I don't think he. I really don't think he wants to hurt her on purpose. No, but then I, he doesn't give a shit either because he, you know. Yeah, because he, his daughter runs into the room and you know says, "I'll oh, catch a fish for me, daddy," and he mm. kisses Alma, and then as he walks off, she picks up the daughter and she starts crying. It's horrible, isn't it? It's awful because I, I can't stand anything where I hate. I hate it when kids see their parents crying yeah, yeah. I, I mean you know without going into too much detail I, I saw my mom cry a lot when I was a kid growing up yeah and and I hate that and anything like yeah. that really gets to me and really yeah. affects me mm. and so this was was even worse for me because it, it, it just reminded me of all that kind of horrible stuff yeah you know yeah I think when you watch films like this if they stir up memory any film that can stir up a memory for you of your childhood or your past hits you harder when you watch it, doesn't it? So yeah, yeah. So that got to me. Um, she's great, and but then they go back to Brokeback, and they're you know they're having fun, they're jumping in the in the naked into the, the water, and well, I'll uh, just mention one thing now that hasn't. Well, I think it actually has got a lot to do with the story. Is every time they go back to bro- Brokeback. Um, and is it based in Wyoming, the story? I think so, yeah. Uh, but they actually filmed it in Canada because it was cheaper to film there. But um, even if you are not interested in the story or the film itself, but you are really into cinematography, this is such a great film to watch because when they are in the country... Oh my God! What a beautiful film, isn't it, Chris? It's gorgeous. I mean, the clouds it, it, in it are it, out of this world. It is. I mean, it's called Brokeback Mountain, but the, yeah. you almost get the feeling that the Brokeback is a, as much of a character in mm. the film as, yeah. as any, any any of the actors. Yeah. You know, um, I think it is from my point of view, and yeah. 
Um, but then this is the bit where you're saying that Jack offers Ennis the chance to be together, yeah. but he's, you know, he says, I can't do it and explains that if this thing gets a hold of us in the wrong place at the wrong mm. time, they're dead. And yeah. and this is the, yeah. he tells the story of when he was a kid and how his dad took him and his brother to a scene where this, this man has been killed. And mm. he explains that these men were tough old birds, but because they were together, not necessarily mm. in a sexual way, but they were yeah. together yeah. that, people just assumed that there, there was something going on that shouldn't mm. have been and one of them got killed um and he describes how they tied him to a truck by his knob mm. and basically until it fucking came off and yeah. then beat yeah. beat him to death yeah uh with a tire iron mm. i think it was and then you see the body don't you you can see that his trousers are pulled his jeans are pulled down and there's like a big hole where his genitals would be yeah and it's that? pretty rough and you know you're yeah. just thinking that mm. that the father showed this to his two kids, you know. Yeah. Um, and they're little as well, aren't they? They are little kids, yeah. And, and But then Jack wants more and he doesn't want it to be a temporary arrangement. Um, yeah. And But again, it jumps around a little bit now because Ennis and Alma's relationship's breaking down and they're arguing in front of the kids a lot. You know, these two daughters who are growing up, uh, they're not little children anymore. They're kind of like, what, 10, 11, yeah. would you say? yeah. Um, and even the kids don't really seem to want much to do with him. He seems to be totally disinterested with his family mm. life. Um, he's isolated, isn't he? I think yeah. he's sort of... Uh, he knows what he wants and he knows it's impossible. But he can't have it. Yeah. He can't have it. Yeah, because of it himself. He's just... It's almost like, you know, like your mum being worried about what the neighbours are going to say. But it's very real in that time. They would have been beaten to death, wouldn't they? Yes. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Jack's a salesman, you know, for his father-in-law. He's selling tractors. Um, Alma finds another postcard um, for another meetup, and and this is where saying Anne Hathaway is kind of she's like this. She's just managing the business really, and she doesn't even seem that interested in their relationship, does she? Um, and Ennis is getting ready for another meetup, but this time he almost forgets his fishing gear mm. um, because Alma says, are you forgetting something? Yeah. And you're thinking, is it like the kiss? Because he doesn't even really even give her a kiss at that point. Mm. But he even forgets almost the fishing gear, which is yeah. his, his reason, yeah. excuse for going yeah. in the first place. Yeah, He's and very think, eager to go, isn't he? Yeah. The, mm. the the look on her face just pretty much says it all, and again go to back to broke back, and time's just passing. Kids are growing up. Ennis isn't interested in doing stuff with the family like they went to that like kind of church social mm. where he beat up the bikers, and you know they don't even do any any of that kind of stuff. Um, and it, and then they have. I think sex. that that trip as well before that that particular trip um, when Alma, you know, sort of says haven't you forgotten something then they go off and um <coughs> oh sorry and then they're talking to each other when they're actually there uh, um jack and ennis have spent possibly a week together and i think jack for the first time because he, he constantly goes on at him from that point that they could be together that they could help like his dad jack's dad do the farm up yeah and I think it's that point where Ennis just totally shuts him down, keeps saying, no, we can't. This is what it is. We can only do it when we're out here. And Jack drives away and he's crying. And I think for the first time he realises that Ennis is never going to give in to him. No. And they're never going to be together. 
No, and, and I that's think, kind of what well, I think my... Jack changes from that point a little bit. Yeah, that's kind mm. of what influences him to actually go to Mexico. Is a yeah. bit later on, isn't it? Because they yeah. get di- it's, they get divorced now, um, yeah. Ennis and yeah. Alma, um, and just before that, they, they're about to have sex, and she stops him, saying that she's worried, isn't she, about mm. not using precautions, about having another child, and. It, he says at that point, you know, if you don't want my kids, I'll leave you alone. And that's kind of like, it's they don't have sex for pleasure anymore, really. Mm. It's it's more so that's him. If you, you know, if she wants kids, then that's his job, isn't it? Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, See, if that, that, if that was made today and it was a modern day film and she knew that her husband was going off with a bloke every couple of times a year, it would be probably AIDS related, wouldn't it? Put a condom on, you might have something. True, good point. Mm. Yeah, yeah, good point. And then somebody they get divorced and Jack's on his way and he's really excited to see Ennis. Something. this is the same way you said about King of the Road because he's quite yeah. happy. Yeah. You know, but the, because in the story, uh, he finds out that he's got divorced and he's mm. thinking, this is my chance. Yeah, yeah, he's he does. Gonna, he, he turns up at his house, doesn't he's he? He's going to be yeah. with me. You know, he yeah. drove, what, yeah. 1,600 miles or whatever to get there. Yeah. And he just thinks, that's it. He's going to he's gonna be with me. Mm. Um, and he's living out in the sticks again. He's mm. got his kids. And he basically turn, he, he turns Jack away saying, look, mm. I've, this is my weekend for the kids. I didn't see them last month. I'm sorry. Mm. And, and Jack's crying, you know, and he's yeah. driving off and he heads yeah. to Mexico. Mm. Um you know, for lack of better words, for an, a nice bum to poke, I think. Do That's... you think it was a blowjob or a bum? Probably both, a bit of both. I'd like to think he had the full works, because he was upset, wasn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. he probably did. He probably... Uh... Do you think he was a pitcher or the catcher, though? Uh, I'd say he's the catcher. I think he likes that. He's, he's He prefers that role. If it was you, what would you prefer? Oh no, you're not. You'll tell me that when you're telling a gay story, won't you? About when you had sex in a toilet with a man. Uh, definitely the the picture. I think oh, you're such a fibber. <laughs> that would be more. <laughs> I know. I know you quite well now, Chris. And I would say, oh, in a relationship with a man, mm. you would be getting it all. <laughs> you would be. <laughs> You would be the... Uh, do you know, the, now this probably is, uh, again, you know, please don't think I'm being offensive. I don't mean to be. But a couple of gay couples I know, bl- blokes, there's always the man and the woman yes, in the relationship. Do, do yeah. you know what I mean? Or you know, the, in, even in though they're two, relationships. The yeah, there's always, the... yeah, yeah, there's always like the two women, but there's a man and the woman. And two blokes, there's the man and the woman. What do you think you'd be? Mm, if it right. was me, probably, I think I I'd be the woman. I'd probably be the woman, to be yeah, fair. I think you, I'd like to think of you as the woman. Keep the house tidy and cook and yeah, all that sort of stuff. cook and get on your hands and knees and say, come on, darling. <laughs> Where's, oh, which lube should we use? Say oh. that in a gay voice. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> which lube shall we use? Oh, lovely. <laughs> You wouldn't use lube, though. You'd want spit, oh. wouldn't you? Oh, God, I'd love it, yeah. I thought as much. There you go, everybody. Chris would <laughs> love it up his uh. ass. If anybody would like to. <laughs> That's not an invitation. If no, no. Well, it is, I'm sorry. But if anybody would like to give Chris, you know, some, some delicious... Deep dicking. <laughs> deep dicking. <laughs> deep dicking. 
brain. If anybody would like to deep dig Chris, mm. if any of you would like to deep dig Chris, <laughs> have you um? Have you, so you and Dave, what you've spent quite you know a few nights alone together. You've never got yeah. pissed and no fingering around the rim job anus. Or... Well, I think he drugged me actually like when we went to Hard Rock Hell because I woke up and I yeah. swear I'd got pubes in my mouth. I don't know what happened. Really. So it wouldn't I, surprise he does that to me, you know, dirty bastard. Yeah, all the time. Living I wake du- up and I'm like, oh, what's up? I can't open my mouth properly. It's stuck together. Living a duplicitous life. <laughs> I was listening. To, I was listening to an episode of Bad Cop, Bad Cop today. It was one going mm. through their back catalogue, and they were talking about one of their stories. You know, they read out. Um, yeah. And it was about a story where a, a bloke had. I can't remember the term they used, but basically, he got this girl drunk and then stuck right. his cock in the mouth. <gasps> And giving her like no, it wasn't even a blowjob. I mean, he's like, you got, he said they got you got to do all the work. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? What's the point you, in that? You'd have to like prop her mouth open, and then you'd be scared that she'd snap her teeth shut. Exactly. It, it's it's a bit dangerous, really, isn't it? Of course it is. But uh, anyway, um... but but just you know, before you carry on, I, I have to say that I'm very fond of you, Chris. And if Dave has to fuck any bloke, I'm glad that it's you. Well, thank you. At least I know that I'd be happy to have an affair <laughs> with Dave. I'm sure he'll be pleased when he listens to this. <laughs> oh. um, going back to the film. He, back um, to the film. It's Thanksgiving and at the Twist household. And um, the dad, this is the scene you're talking about. The dad's being a knob. He's carving the turkey. He's trying to be the man of the house, making a point. You know, uh, the mom says, look, no, turn the TV off. Son, you can't watch it now. Um, Jack turns it off. Dad turns it on. He goes back. He turns it off. You know, and he, he basically mm. stands up to him, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he calls him an old yeah. son of a bitch, and stand, and and I think Anne Hathaway, Anne Hathaway's character quite likes it. She does. Yeah. She smiles, doesn't she? Because this is the first time I think that she's actually seen him. Well, yeah. any kind of Be passion from him. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but and and Ennis is having Thanksgiving with his family at their new. Um, he's, and Alma's new uh, partner's home, mm. and um, he's the store manager. Um, and she's pregnant as well, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, yes, yeah. and with the two daughters. And so it's awkward for him, but you know, I, I thought that was a bit weird, didn't it? If they're divorced, but they've still invited him around for Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then it, it looks sort of completely normal at the same time as well, because the store, they all know each other, and the, the guy that Alma's. Alma's married to is probably the person who invited him there because he'd want them all to be friends, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he he seemed yeah. like a nasty character. Yeah. Um, and she's sort of like what at this point washing up. Um, and this is where she basically says to him, "I know what you've been doing," or yeah. at least suggests yeah. it and says, "You know, we always used to wonder about when you went fishing because I bought you some gear and I'd always check and." It still had the price tag on it, and you said no. That she wrote him a note, didn't she? Wrote him she a wrote, note. That was wrote it. Wrote him so... a little note saying, "Catch a fish for us. Lots of love, Alma." Yeah. And when he when he came home, she'd go and look in his fishing tackle box, and the note was still attached. So he'd lied to her that he hadn't been catching fish. Yeah. And she says, "I know what you were do- doing. You were with uh, Jack Dirty. Jack Nasty. <laughs> Jack Nasty. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, she." She feels safe enough because she's remarried to be able to finally, probably after about 18 months, confront him and say, 
I know you've been having an affair with a man and he really loses his shit with he, her, he, doesn't he? He hates it. He grabs yeah. her. He threatens to hit her. And, yeah. um, and it's horrible as well because he grips her, doesn't he? And pulls her towards him and he sort of makes a fist like he's going to punch her. Yeah. But he's not going to. He, I don't think he, he ever would have punched her. But the fact that she knows his deep, dark secret just makes him lose it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and he, he goes out into town and he ends up picking a fight with the wrong guy and he ends up yeah. getting shit, the shit beaten yeah. out of him. Um, but don't you think, do you ever do this? Um, that when you, something really shitty's happened to you and you know, oh God, you can't cope with the fact that somebody knows something about you. You fucked up and somebody else knows about it and it makes you feel really bad that you want to hurt yourself in some way almost like in a in an atonement mm. like when i used to feel really bad about myself years ago ye this is a long time ago i used to well it wasn't self-harming but i used to cut my hair yeah I used to cut, cut chunks out of my hair. And that's what he, he's gone and picked a fight with somebody because he wants to be punished for being a bad person because he loves a man. Yeah, I think you're, mm. you're spot on there. And yeah, um, yeah it, it's because <laughs> that was maybe what the other scene was alluding to um, when he beat up those bikers. Yeah. But this is more... Uh, explosive because she she like you know tells him of what mm. she's you know what she knows about him really yeah, um yeah. um but yeah and it kind of again it jumps around a bit because they're back at broke back and and Ennis asks um if um if Anne Hathaway ever suspects you know mm. whether anyone knows that when they're out and about and he says that their relationship's pretty much going through a rough patch that you know they're not really having any kind of relationship, are they? But mm. and then Ennis meets a girl at the bar. Um, she's quite nice in this, I must admit. Um, yeah. She she played, I think it was Velma or Daphne in Scooby Doo with Matthew, Matthew Lillard. Really? I'm pretty sure she did. Yeah. Oh wow! <laughs> oh god, that's old school. I remember I that. Yeah. Um, and Jack and Anne are at um, a social event, and they're both. Sort of a bit bored because they're talking to uh, David Harbour and his missus. What's her name? Chris Pratt's girlfriend Chris in real Pratt's life. Chris Pratt's wife, yeah. Oh, oh God, fuck. what's her name? She's absolutely lovely as well. She's so ditzy, isn't she, yeah. in this? Oh, I uh, can't think of her name. She's just yammering on, uh, going on about any old bullshit, really. Come on, Chris, she? you're going to have to look it up. Look up oh. what her name is. She's in um, all those comedy films, isn't she? The that's the one. Yeah, that's her. Just keep listening. It's and coming. She's in. She's in. Um, oh God, that's Sophia Coppola film as well. Oh, the with one Scarlett with... Johansson. Scott, yeah. Um, Anna Faris. Anna Faris, yeah. She's lovely, go. Anna Faris. <laughs> lovely, but, lovely. Yeah, and he Jack offers to dance with her, mm. um, but this is you, you kind of get the impression that David Harbour and him kind of looking at each other mm. um now i got the impression again that they were just sort of really pissed off with the gobby wives yeah yeah um and didn't get 
any inkling of anything until they're sitting outside together. Uh, until they're sitting outside yeah. talking. And the other guy mentions that he's got a cabin yeah. or he knows of a cabin and offers to take, take Jack there. Yeah. Now, the thoughts that were going through my head at this point were, is this because he's gay and he's got, You've heard of like the gaydar, the mm. so-called you know the so-called gaydar yeah. being able to spot another gay person. Yeah. Um, or is it because he knows Jack is gay and he wants to entrap him at this point? Mm. I don't. I when I watched it, I got the impression that he wasn't even testing the waters. His gaydar was on red alert. He knew that if he said, uh, I know so-and-so who's got a cabin, maybe we could go and stay there one weekend to do a little bit of fishing. Because <laughs> that's the way he says it, because he's looking at Jake Gyllenhaal, and Jake Gyllenhaal's just looking straight ahead. I think Jake is totally oblivious to the fact that this guy is gay. Coming on to him. And coming on to him mm. until he says, and we could go and stay there and do some fishing and then he sort of just looks at him and it's just at that moment that i think he goes oh okay then yeah i'm up for that mm. yeah yeah i think yeah i think you're right but more and... more about that later mm. and then it's his daughter's all grown up and uh yeah. this is kate mara then when you see her and yeah. uh he's introduced her to his new new girlfriend she doesn't seem that happy and asks to come and live with him and he says no uh he's like kind of pushing people away isn't he really he's even his yeah. own daughter yeah. um and, and again go back and go back to broke back and they're drinking and you know Jack says his relationship with that and he's bad and he's shagging the ranch foreman's wife. But, now, this is this is important as well, I think, about the, the two characters. Because I think this this shows that Jake Gyllenhaal's character is bisexual. Yeah. Because I think that he, he probably has had affairs, but he's realised... Year, couple of years ago, that he's him and Ennis are never going to be the couple he wants them to be, and the most he can hope for is a couple of fucks a couple of times a year. So he, I think, he wants to be with somebody and be truthful to himself, and like whether it be a man or a woman, be in love with them, or and I think he, re, I think that Jack's character is bisexual. Hmm. I think Ennis is gay. There's a, there's a bit in the story which, and I can't remember which one it refers to, but he actually says, I enjoy having sex with women. And I can't remember if it's Jack or Ennis who says it. Mm. It might be well be Jack who says it. But then um, at this point as well, is the, the ranch foreman's wife real or do you think it's actually him admitting to Ennis in a roundabout way that he's actually shagging other men? Mm, or is, or is, well, or, I, I think he does because Ennis asks him about Mexico, doesn't he? Not at this point. Later on, he does uh, when he kind of admits to him about Mexico. Yeah, um, and it clicks with Ennis at that point. But Ennis, it's almost like it's acceptable for him to have sex, have a with, sex other with another woman. Yeah, but, but not, not another, men. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. that would be his betrayal of yeah. Ennis, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and. You know, he says he, he misses Ennis so much, you know, and he, and he, can, he can't stand it. You know, he can yeah. hardly stand it. Um, yeah. Ennis explains that he's having sex with this 
woman, you know, who's a bar woman. She wants to be, you know, do something else, but he's not really that interested in her. Um, and they're, they're packing up and Ennis says that he won't be able to see him until November. Hmm which means that they're going to miss two months. And Jack isn't happy, and he basically says that, you know, they should have gone to Mexico. This is the time where he mentions yeah. Mexico. Yeah. And then he sort of tries to make it up to him, and Jack says, he's, you know, I'm not happy mm. um, with all these irregular meetings. And Ennis confronts him about going to Mexico, and he basically admits it, doesn't he? Mm. You know, he says, all we've got is broke back, mm. and he goes to Mexico to get what he needs. Yeah. And... Jack says that he wishes he could quit Ennis. Yeah. And, Say and, it, Chris. Do it. I, do the do the famous line for me. Well, the, do the, it the, in the, the accent. No, there's these things here, right? Because I was reading again that I was I was watching some of the extra features and the, and reading stuff about um, uh, Jack, uh, Heath Ledger's performance in this because mm. he he hated anything that was made fun of this film he absolutely couldn't stand it and this is a really parodied kind of scene isn't it you know is it i don't i think it is i think yeah. i i even i had heard of it i hadn't seen the film and it's yeah. like the whole i can't quit you or i wish i could quit you yeah. i knew that that had become a bit of a meme you know a bit of a f- figure of fun or something yeah. to poke at the film and it you know and he, he does um that's but... such a shame because it's that one line because he's not looking into the camera. He says it and he's got his back to the camera when he says, I, I wish I could quit you. Looking out at this beautiful lake, you know, in the yeah, moon. Yeah, it's beautiful, isn't it? And they're freezing cold and it's just it's just so... I don't know how... I don't know. Just I suppose people do take the piss, don't they? But... Yeah, but then, but then this is the thing because you see now Ennis who's been a bit sort of angry and you think it's going to turn into a fight because of, you know, this is basically he's admitted to him that he's having sex with other men. Yeah. Um, and he breaks down saying, well, mm. you know, why don't you? And it's I'm, I'm like this because of you, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's it's really powerful and mm. Jack goes to sort of like embrace him and Ennis pushes him away and he can't stand it anymore, mm. you know, at this point. And the thing that makes this scene even more powerful, I think, after watching the film is that this is the last time that they're actually together. Yeah. And then you get this beautiful flashback of them oh, when, when they were younger, it? when they're yeah. their first time at Brokeback, when yeah. their love is starting to come together for each other and um, Jake's standing there and, and Ennis sort of like well, hugs him or cuddles him from the back, doesn't he? He puts yeah, his arm around him. And again, I read something in the story that he, it wasn't like a, cut, a hug where they're facing each other because he still couldn't face the fact that he was hugging a man. Mm. You know, if he saw his face, he would know I'm hugging a man. Mm. But if he hugged him from the back, it's like he's, you know, he's not really doing it in some ways or it's acceptable. Um and that kind of makes it even more poignant, doesn't it? Yeah, their faces are very close together. And you can see both their faces because Heath Ledger is standing behind Jake Gyllenhaal. And Jake Gyllenhaal's eyes are closed. And, and Heath Ledger says something along the lines of, you know, you're you're going to sleep like a horse standing up. Because horses go to sleep when they're standing up, don't they? Yeah. And he just sort of really... And doesn't whisper it to him, but it's just like it, it's the only time I've had during the whole film for me that he says something with real love as yeah. himself and, yeah. and without 
being repressed or thinking shit i can't say that he just says you know oh you're so tired you need to go and lie down darling i'll see you in the morning i'm going to go and look after the sheep now it's the and it's the it's so brief but it's magical just to go back to 20 years before and it's almost like a glimpse of what could have been yeah um and it, and the whole tragedy of it is, like I said, the last time they see each other is what they fight, don't they? Yeah. Um, and Ennis is alone now in a diner, and he's eating some pie, and he's is the girl he was seeing. He kind of it's established now that he's not his girlfriend anymore because she's out with another guy, mm-hmm. and she comes over to him, and you find out that she actually really loved him yeah. and and fell for him, didn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, and she didn't re- she never got over him because yeah. she, she was still in love with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, and so they then, must have had. Do you think they had a loving sexual relationship that sort of really skimmed over in the film as well? Yeah, you don't really see any of that at all, do no. you? I think maybe not loving. Maybe for her it was, mm. but not for him. Yeah. I don't think because um, he's just always been in love with Jack. Jack, yeah. Oh, um, it's always just been Jack for him. But the, I think the, the, the one of the more or the most more well we've talked about this film for over two hours now but one of the biggest talking points is coming up now where Ennis goes to the post office, post office and he reads mm-hmm. a returned letter that he wrote to Jack you know yeah. uh, and it's got a stamp on it that just says deceased mm. uh, it's very cold and there's nothing yeah. you know and, and he calls up Anne Hathaway and she's very cold on the phone in mm. the story it describes her as icy cold mm. and um she explains how he died basically he said that he was pumping up a flat tire the rim of the tire hit him in the face and he got knocked on his back and by the time people had come to find him he drowned in his own blood mm. but while she's explaining the story and and kind of going through it we get this flashback there's no sound to it mm. where he's been beaten to death by three yeah. men yeah and the whole scene is very he's played out silently and she um, She's explained. talking over the top of it, yeah, isn't she? And, and yeah. she explained. She explains about um, you know that what they did to his remains. He was um, cremated. Uh, he was interred in Texas, and then half of his ashes went to his parents. But he, he mentioned about being having his ashes spread in Brokeback, but she never understood why, and if it even existed, if it was a real place. Mm. And then he, he says, "We spent a summer herding sheep." Mm. And then she's got tears in her eyes because she mate, knows. that's the point where the the realization of why Brokeback was so special to him yeah. it hits her because this is the guy that he went up all the time for the last twenty yeah. years to see, yeah. um, and that's a brilliant moment for her. That's probably the strongest moment where she's mm. she's she comes through. And mm. now, but the scene this is kind of where it it not I thought a lot about this scene how mm. it played out because initially I thought I was going to ask you what your thoughts were about it because it's very brief mm. it's not gratuitous which I like mm. um, it's although it's brutal because mm. he's getting kicked in the bollocks and he's getting mm. it's hit in the face with a fucking tire iron mm. but is this in Jack's head I or is I it did it actually it. happen when when you watch it, because she's describing Sorry, is it, in it Ennis, Ennis's head? Sorry. Yeah, well, when she's, she tells Ennis how Jack died, as she's telling him, 
Ennis is on the phone, she's on the phone, and that scene pops up in the middle of it. Now, I have always thought that maybe he really did die having, you know, with a blown up tyre, and that it was Ennis thinking back to the past when his dad took him to see the old guy who had his cock pulled off. Yeah. Because that's how he got murdered. So I always thought it was sort of almost like a little dream, not, well, not a dream sequence, but it was Ennis thinking, no, he didn't get killed by a tyre blowing up. This is what happened, really. Which led me to or, seeing, yeah. <laughs> seeing that, um, uh, oh God, his name's just David coming Harbour. Here. David Harbour. That Sorry. Was, that was the other. David uh, the, Harbour. David Harbour was on Twitter. Yeah. So uh, my son, Wesley, really loved um, Stranger Things. And he tweeted David Harbour and said, I love Stranger Things. And you were great in it as the sheriff. And David Harbour replied to him. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Because you're like, Stranger Things is the biggest thing at the moment. Everybody's watching it. And the whole cast, Winona Ryder, all of them, especially David Harbour, they're shit hot now, right? David Harbour... All kudos to this guy because he is replying to people. So I, knowing that we were doing this film, having watched it the night before, and this particular scene, I thought, shit, I wonder if Jack got killed because he was having an affair with David Harbour's character. I think his name's Randall something, Randall. So I tweeted David Harbour and I said, da, 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 da. Did, do you think that your character was having an affair with Jake Gyllenhaal's character and maybe that's why he got murdered? And David Harbour replied to me and said they had a long talk to Ang Lee about it and Ang Lee told him that, yes, he did get murdered by men that scene wasn't in Ennis's imagination it was real and the reason he got murdered was because he he was having an affair with David Harbour's character and they saw them kissing in a car park right okay so wow. whatever the book says the film so this this is like a bit of a scoop for us, really, it is. isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the, the book's very ambiguous. Again, yeah. it kind of it's again, yeah. is it real? Is it not real? Because the yeah. other suggestion was, is it because uh, they found out that Jack was having an affair with this rancher's wife? That, yeah, yeah, that's another. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, my kind of theory was that it was something to do with that he, people basically found out he was gay and they, yeah. they mur- murdered yeah. him for it. Yeah. Um, but that clears that up. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Lot- so thank you, David Harbour. Awesome. Um, you know, for for replying, you know, very succinctly, but it just puts a different slant onto the end of the film, because you know, you know, maybe the book, um, Annie Prose Prose idea is completely different, but Ang Lee's story is that Jack gets killed because he's gay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is, which is hugely important. I think. You know. I think, that, I think it is. Yeah. 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 Um, but the 
the next scene is where Ennis drives to his parents' house and uh, Jack's parents, and he sees his mom, and she seems okay, yeah. but his dad's a real cold bastard towards yeah. him, and in particular, like his son, you know, and uh, he offers to take his ashes to broke back, and his dad says that Jack, you know, used to talk about Ennis, mm. um, which I think surprised him, and then mm. he, he would how he would come back and run the farm with him, you know, he's yeah. lots of dreams, you know, and yeah. and that's what yeah. he wanted, yeah. um, and how they're going to live together. And then, but then he mentions that another man who split up with his wife was going to come to the farm. That mm. must have been David Harbour's character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that point, like you said, he'd realised years ago that his relationship with Ennis, as much as he loved him, wasn't going anywhere. It wasn't going anywhere. But this other guy, David Harbour's character, maybe would have left. Done his the same wife for him. Yeah. And would have been a a, a gay you know, actually being sort of, well, not open, but actually lived with him and had an open relationship with him, but in private. Yeah, and, yeah. and run a business together, which yeah, is what, yeah. you know, But they would wanted. have been together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then Ennis goes into Jack's room, and this is what I was talking about earlier on. Oh, and he, God, this he, is the bit that I just absolutely he, cry my eyes out at this bit. Yeah, it's it's a real gut punch, and he, he happens mm. to see some clothes hanging up. He's just looking around, really. It's a very sparse room, and mm. he sees a jacket, and it's not hanging it's with hidden, the others. It's hidden, though, isn't it? It's Because he sees his his boots, and as he's looking at his boots, he sort of touches them, and as he looks up, tucked right in a corner where you wouldn't notice it normally. It's like hidden, isn't it, behind a wardrobe? Yeah. He finds it, doesn't he? He does. He finds a jacket and a shirt. Mm. And I think, the, again, from the story, the jacket belongs to um, Jack. Jack yeah. But the shirt belongs to Ennis. Ennis yeah. And it's like they're together. Yeah. You know, they Well, the just... shirt, that the, the shirt, Ennis's shirt, is the shirt that he has on when they have that very fight. first fight at yeah. the beginning of the film. And he's got, he's still got the blood stain on the jacket yeah. and the shirt. Yeah. Um, and the way that Heath Ledger holds this jacket and mm. almost embraces it and he's smelling it, it's incredible. Mm. You know, it's really, it is. really beautiful. Um, and he takes the jacket and he puts it in a bag. His mom puts it in a bag because I think she realises, she realises what that means to him. Yeah. She realises that he's the great love of her son's life. Because moms know this shit, yeah, don't they? Yeah, of course they? we do. And, you know, as much as a guy thinks, oh, I'm hiding it, it's going to mean nothing to nobody. Mm. But it, it mean, it, it, the mom clicks with this. Mm. Um, but I think that Jack was open with his parents because he told them he was going to bring him back and live yeah. with them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think you, yeah, I think mum knew that it was more I think than just mates. didn't knew mm. but didn't accept it yeah and because that's why he says look you know we've got a family plot and his ashes are going in there mm. um which is kind of a fuck you to ennis kind of thing and um the the camera's very close on his mom's face and his dad's in the background you know and, and she's kind of like you can tell there's pain in her eyes and yeah. she says to ennis to come back and visit them yeah um because there's a like at least she knows there's a connection there and that mm. ennis cares so deeply for jack um, 
And then again, it cuts to Jack uh, Ennis's t- trailer, and his daughter pulls up, and but she's nineteen, and he's very lonely. He's got nothing mm. really, has he? And he's no. in his um, trailer. He's got barely any furniture, and um, she explains she's getting married and asks him to come. And initially, he doesn't want to go, or he mm. makes up some excuse. Yeah. But Sorry, I'm thinking about the final scene. Fucking hell. But then... I know. Um, I know. He says that um, he'll be there. And then uh, she uh, leaves her jacket. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's wrong with it's awful. <laughs> um, and he, she leaves he, a cardigan and he, she does. and he holds it, doesn't he? And he holds it close to him. And he goes and he, to um, hang it up. And he, and he folds it, doesn't he? And he goes to hang it up. Yeah. yeah. And um, opens up his wardrobe <clears throat> and sees a, a picture a, a postcard of, of Brokeback next to the shirt and the jacket mm. and um, <clears throat> you know he, he lovingly buttons the the shirt um, and he's got tears in his eyes and he mm. says you know he's not the only one <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with us um, Jack you know he just says like you don't even know why there's no context to it he doesn't know I don't understand why he says it other than mm. he, he just says Jack I swear and that's it and he straightens the photo mm. and he closes the, the wardrobe <clears throat> uh, fades out and you get mm. that beautiful beautiful piece of music mm. and, and that's it can't believe I'm turning into such a blubbering jelly, but that's uh, no pun intended. That fucking um, scene got me on both occasions when I watched it yeah. recently. I watched, I rewatched the end of the film this morning again um, to to just sort of take a few notes, and I sobbed. I could, because I texted you, didn't I? I said just watch the end of it. I, I don't know what I'm going to be like talking about it tonight because even now. I've got tears running down my face and I'm not, I'm actually not putting it on either. So you can see, I've never seen a film that's affected me so much that last bit. Mm. It's just even now talking about it. I'm just thinking about, I don't know if it's because Heath Heath Ledger is dead. Yeah, I think that's got something to do with it, to be honest. Because it, for me. Yeah, it could be. But I've, it's just, I don't know. I, it's like all human experiences encapsulated in his face that people I know who, who've who lost people that they love, uh, uh, you know, people that I know that have been married and like have been gay and then finally found that um, you know, recently has left, left his wife and found a bloke that he really loves and moved in with him and he's gone through hell and like just I, I don't I think it's like everything even like prejudice against gay people stuff that's going on in Europe and Britain and you know why it's so wrong for you to just love somebody and it really resonates with me this film uh not because i'm pc i take the piss out of anybody for bumming i'm and i am actually sitting here now with tears rolling down my face yeah and no other films had that effect on me so much that that i um that it's re- it really has got to me. I don't know if it's like my age, the times we live in, or because we're so much more accepting of gay people now. 
you know. And what else matters except, you know, that two people love each other. And it's just, you know, so I don't know. What do you think? Why do you think it makes you cry as well? I I think it's that whole, the the thing that, like I said, the bit where... I wipe my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is the... The sh- the shirt and the jacket scene, yeah. and that that then with uh, Ledger's performance at the end, yeah, it's 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 just there's nothing else that can compare to it for me. It's, re- it's really tough and it, it's really yeah. heartbreaking at the same yeah. time. You know, yeah. you kind of then become quite an em- empathetic empathetic person. Mm. I like to put my, you know tr- imagine how other people are, and you kind of then think, well. You know, Ennis has got nothing in his life, has he, at yeah. all? And at that yeah. point, he's got nothing and nobody. You know, he, he, he's, he'll barely see his daughter. He couldn't even really bring himself to go to a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll live out the rest of his existence with nothing. That's... With nothing. And just filled with longing for what yeah. might have been. Um... Oh, fuck, I'm depressed, Chris. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but um, it, I think we've... I think we've done it justice. I think we've done. Um, we've had a bit of a laugh at it, but we also, I think, well, you can people can hear how I think it's affected us. Mm. Um, it is um, a beautiful film, and I think it's a film that I appreciate more the more I watch it. Yeah. The first time I watched it properly, I sat down and I was like, "Yeah, this is." My, my cynical mind thought, "Okay, yeah, there's um, not Oscar Bates, but you know, it's kind of like there's there's various themes that." you know kind of mm. oscar people like isn't there dis- mm. dis- uh, disablement and mental <laughs> no, illness no come on say it like it is and, retards and, <laughs> and and now obviously you know tackling the subjects about gay people and love you know with between men yeah uh, so but then watching it again the second time around i think i uh, I got you know it meant more to me and i think mm. it's one of those films that will stay with me uh, and the yeah, more i watch absolutely. it the more i will I will appreciate it, but yeah. a very great film and worthy yeah. of our discussion, I think. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. So if you're scared of, you know, if anybody listening to this is sort of thinks it would be really boring, believe me, <laughs> you would have to be, ha- have no soul to let this film not affect. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who just think it's a load of bollocks. Hmm. And you have no soul if you feel like that. Yeah, but the next time we are going to give the girls uh, their first due. Hang uh, on a minute, Chrissy. You've forgotten well, something. Oh, the gay story. Okay. Come on. It's not, it's not that exciting. Other We've than... got to end on a high. Okay, so it's going back a few years ago now, and I was about 21, maybe oh, 20. firm and young. I'm still firm and... Well, yeah, you are pretty firm, actually. Actually, <laughs> you're firmer than I've ever seen you. Uh, but anyway, so... Uh, you are, yeah. actually. Not only are you very handsome, but you have a, a very nice body as well. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, I was a skinny little bastard back then. But um, mm. anyway, they, yeah, so I was... I'd had a girlfriend, and it it lasted for a couple of months, and uh, she cheated on me. And, uh, Silly cow. It, it was my first... The love, the first love, and Aww, you, know, you know, it's Chris. like with, I didn't have a. I wasn't like my mates who kind of like got off with girls all the time. I was quite shy and yeah. quite insular, and yeah. so I was. I wouldn't say I was confused. I knew I fancied girls. I fancied women, but mm. I just thought, 
I often thought, what's wrong with me? You know, I thought because I'd got low confidence and self-esteem. I just didn't. Oh. And, and because you, you're at the, that age anyway, you're always yeah. a little bit confused. And I came to sex fairly late compared to a lot of people. I think I lost my virginity when I was 18. And That's uh, not late. You know, you hear some people fucking when they're 14 years old. Oh, well, they just... <sighs> Anyway. I was I was nineteen. No, I was yeah, I was nineteen when I lost my virginity. Okay, so that, you know makes you feel better. But as a kid, you don't. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad about that. <laughs> you don't know these things, do you? You think yeah. uh, you know everybody's fucking, and I'm the only one that's a bit awkward yeah, and a bit yeah, weird. I know. Yeah. Um. So anyway. Um, Get to the bumming. All right. All right. Anyway, I'm building up the story. I'm setting okay. the scene. So, uh, I. I had a girlfriend, didn't have any other girls. I was, think I was probably always trying too hard. Um, anyway, went out with a girl primarily uh, who I did quite fancy, but she was mm. with somebody at the time. Yeah. So, you know, um, but we went out to Birmingham and went with another girl who was her friend. But we went to all the gay places and they got loads of gay friends. Mm. And so me being me at that time, um, I, I was just getting on with everybody. You know, I was just kind of like going around and, and dancing with the blokes that we were with and having Ooh. a good time. Not in a, not in a sexual way, not like fucking mm. touching each other's asses or anything yeah. like that. But, you know, just in a kind of like, yeah. I'm out with people. I'm in not, a group, yeah, I, I know what you look, mean. I didn't think of them as like they're trying to fuck me or anything like that or they they fancy me or whatever you know we went to a few different places we went to a few gay bars and whatever anyway having a great old time enjoying myself and like i said primarily went because i fancied this girl but then at the end of the night this guy who was with a part of our group um asked said to me oh we'll have to meet up again and we'll have to go out uh you know for a drink sometime yeah. and, and i was pissed at that point and i just said <laughs> yeah yeah that'll yeah. be cool yeah That'll be fun. Why yeah. not? Because me being me, I was being friendly. I just said, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, felt like I was getting on all right with people. And uh, anyway, that was the end of that. Went back to work because I was working with the, the girl who I went with. And um, she said, oh, did you have a good time the other night? And I said, yeah, it was great fun. And she said, you know, the, the blokes we were with? And I said, yeah, they all thought you were gay. And I was like, <laughs> why? Sorry. Yeah. And, and uh, and just, I don't know, they just, you know, they thought that you were gay. And I was like, okay. But then it almost like it planted a fucking seed in my mind thinking, <gasps> and I started to think to myself, am I gay? And I don't know it, you know. <gasps> Crazy. And so at that point, I was quite confused thinking, what the fuck? Am I actually gay? You know, is that because why I'm awkward and because I'm, you know, not getting on with girls as well, much as I'd have liked to, and because I wasn't very confident and all this, that, and the other. And um, there's no bumming, don't get me wrong. No bumming? Was there's there still, any touching of bollocks? The story doesn't go anywhere after that, I'm sorry to say. Um, <sighs> but that's my little gay story because is I went. That out- it? I thought there was some encounter in a toilet. No, nothing I thought like... there'd be some sort of like maybe um, knob I mean, been... rubbing or, <laughs> or leakage. Since, since then, I've been to gay clubs mm. uh, with, like, again, group of girls and stuff like that that I know. Um, and there's like blokes they know and everything. You just tag along, don't you? And yeah. uh, there's like these gay like clubs are an experience. I must admit that because this one place we went to on the ground floor, you got like the dance. Floor and all this stuff, and then like on the the middle floor, you got like the restaurant areas and everything. This is where I went to the toilets, and there's like free lube and shit that they were giving away. Um, and then on the top floor, there's like um, basically 
pitch black. You can't see fucking anything. And apparently that's the room you went up to if you fancied <gasps> a bit of fucking a bum. bum. We should go there. So, yeah. So basically what you're saying is you've never had a bum. I've never had a bum. Have you ever had? No, you wouldn't tell me, would you? <laughs> if you'd ever had. Because I can remember reading this a couple of years ago that something like one in three men have had an, a homosexual experience. And it normally happens in a toilet, normally, sort of when they're drunk because they they lose their inhibitions and don't worry about who sees them. Mm. And mostly when they're on holiday, especially abroad. And uh, I can't remember, you know, it was a few years ago now and we were talking about it. And uh, and this this one one of our friends said, um, said, oh, yeah, that's what happened to me when I had a blowjob in a toilet. And we all looked at him. <laughs> Because he was really, really pissed as well. And he was the most, you know, he was like straight, got a girlfriend. His girlfriend wasn't there at the time. And he said, yeah, yeah, I was on holiday and I was really pissed. And I went to the toilet and this bloke gave me a blowjob. And we were like, what, you what? Yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not gay though. And we were like, well, no, no, you're not gay. He said, yeah, it was the best, best blowjob I've ever had in my life. <laughs> He said, and then he said, and he was very mad because he was pissed. He wouldn't have told us otherwise. And he said, yeah, it was the best blowjob I've ever had because he knew exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So don't knock that, it till you've tried it. That's never happened with me, I have to say. You're such but... a fibber. I know about you and Dave. <laughs> Dave tells me everything. Because oh, I make he... him get an AIDS test after he stays with me. <laughs> have you got the bum AIDS, I say? Uh, I'm very clean. Well, you may be clean, but you may be HIV positive also. Fucking hell. You know, which brings me back to the pitcher and the catcher thing, you see, because, you know, I think that you're the catcher and Dave's the pitcher. Does it matter? I mean, you could still get it either way, can't you? Do you think, going back to the film, that they did each other up Mm -mm -mm. the bum? I'd like to think they did. Probably. I'd say that primarily Ennis was the man. Yeah. And Jack was the girl. Yeah. Sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. But but, but anyway. Anyway, Mm, I think we should wrap wrap it up. Wrap up up the bumming talk. (laughs) Well, it's been, I think it's been a a roller coaster of a show, hasn't it? We've had everything. It has, really. Everything come out. Yeah, it's it's one of the few films that that I've ever talked about in a podcast that's that's really um, stayed with me and, like, really affected me emotionally. I think the only other time where I've got emotional talking about a film uh, on a podcast was when I did the Goodwill Hunting show with Ben. Yeah, um, because it's a that great film, film that yeah. really affects me quite yeah. a lot, yeah, um, a and particularly Matt Damon's performance. Uh, you know, uh, so. But uh, anyway, um, speaking of Matt Damon, if you want to look at some of the stuff that we've been doing we've got an amazing website uh, 60minuteswith.co.uk um, where the latest review up there is of Jason Bourne which I wrote which was um, a good film I enjoyed that so mm-hmm. you can check out a bit more if you want to read a bit more about my thoughts on that then there's stuff about Terror Hawks. they've just done a release of the first volume of that which is good um, Kidnapped uh, with Michael Caine that Dave reviewed Invasion UFO a film called Microwave Massacre which sounds fucking Dear enthralling. God. Oh, I've seen it. Fucking oh, my hell. God. Sounds yeah. terrible. Oh, my God. It was... Fuck me. Fuck my life, Chris. <laughs> um, fuck it right up his arse. <laughs> um, like Ennis did to Jack. Yeah. yeah. 
and then but it wouldn't be as loving or as pleasurable <laughs> no. um, then you've got a, a review of the a live event i went to a revival retro show in retro bumming in the toilet was there's lots of retro bumming then um and then there was a, a, a count yorga collection and cocoon which you reviewed so yeah. what i'm trying to say is there's fucking loads of d- such diverse different content on there there's video games there's music there's live events there's books there's tv film there's everything so please and, go and we can all spell and we're like dead clever so go and have a look yeah we we don't we're not pretentious wankers no know? we're not we you know we say this film is good watch it it's really good and then we put a big tick at the end of it <laughs> yeah Sorry. and like where total film will write a two t- lines a couple of paragraphs about something if that, not even that um we give a good account of ourselves, I think. Yes, so it's, we do. I'm blowing our own trumpets, cause, but I think there's some amazing stuff on there. So please go and check that out. Um, you can email us at 60 minutes. You know the email, didn't you? Or is it? I don't Contact at 60minutes.co.uk and I'm the person that answers the emails. So if you want me to reply to you, be nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because as i've said before we keep getting emails off people in america saying i fucking hate you 60 minutes worth because there's a, um, a new show in america that's 60 minutes with and uh, yeah we get a lot of their posts which is hilarious yes because we're not 60 minutes the show in no, america we're 60 but, minutes uh, with where can people find you on twitter and stuff me oh yeah. god well on twitter i'm spanky spangler but on Facebook, don't bother because I hate Facebook. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't do Facebook either. No shit. Um, on yeah, but we are on Facebook. If people, I know, I think Dave's yeah. fairly active on there. Uh, on Twitter, it's what sixty minutes with Six, at sixty minutes with yeah yeah with six yeah. zero. I'm at yeah. Dastardly Jabby. Um, yeah. Dave's... Yeah, and, and Dave. Uh, yeah, Chris has got over two thousand followers now. Well, it's gone down now to one thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Some fuckers. Woo! Unfollowed me. Bastard. Bastard. I know. So I'm pissed Follow off. Chris. <laughs> Everyone. You know, and no... if you get a chance, leave us a review on iTunes. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah, so do that. Because we do, I say work hard, but we do put we a do bit of We do work hard. You've worked very hard. I mean, you've spent a lot of time writing stuff about this film. And mm. you're very prepared and professional. Oh, thank you. I and like you to have try. enormous balls as well. <laughs> <laughs> and I can do it seven times in one night. I can't believe that you did it for seven uh, times. Not, How long uh, did it last for each time, do you think? I can't remember. Oh, it, come I, on, make it up. I genuinely can't remember. Impress I mean... me, Chris, with your prowess. <laughs> the first it's... time was 20 minutes. Did Should you do say... the full works as well? Did you like do the, the foreplay, the bit of fingering, bit of lickage? <laughs> did you... <laughs> Did you suck her off every time or did you just fuck her? Uh, I think it was a bit of everything. Oh. How many times did she come? If you came seven times, how many times did she come? I can't remember. She didn't come at all, did she? No, she didn't. you're a selfish lover. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was when I did uh, end up... um, What? Yeah. What's the the word I'm looking for? Chucking her. That's it. Um, (laughs) Was um, she sent me a text or something or a message saying, "Yeah, and you were crap as well," and um, but I thought, well, you fucking, fucking did it enough, so it couldn't have been that bad. So anyway, oh, that's a bit nasty. I've always found you a very considerate and passionate lover, and so is Ben, Phil, 
Brian. I, I had my fun. That's all that matters. Oh, you shouldn't say things like that. That's <laughs> bad. Uh, Go on, say goodbye then. Anyway, we'll see you soon. We're going to yeah. do Bound next time, by the way. By the Wachowskis or Wachowski brothers. Wachowskis. Either way. Yeah, well, the Wachowski sisters, actually, because they're both trans. They're a bit fucking weird, aren't they now? Oh, I love them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this was before they did The Matrix. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it once. Got Jennifer Tilly and... Oh, what's the other woman in it? Yeah, Horseface. Butter. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. Gina. Gina. No. Horsey. Gina Gershon. <laughs> Sorry. I call oh, her horse face. She, she's quite fit, though. I quite like her. Do you think so? I think she's a bit horsey. Jennifer Tilly's got big tits, isn't she? Oh, she's beautiful, Jennifer Tilly. She's yeah. got an annoying voice, though. Yes, it's my voice. Anyway, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that next time. Okay. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.